Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today, and welcome to episode 288 of the Ham Radio Podcast. It's me, Carrick, with ACG. And I'm Dustin with Last Stand Media and Handsome Phantom. It's good to be back, boys. Yeah, I was about to say, man. Took the words right out of my mouth. It's It's been multiple weeks in the making now. It's good to have the gang back together here. We we It's clear we all haven't gotten together in a while because normally we just get back into the show, but we had like a pre-show show where we talked for... Really, it was Carrick and I talked for about half an hour, and then we got here into the recording. So, gentlemen, it, it's good to have you all back here. Um, my jaw is certainly a little exhausted from these solo shows, so I'm happy to have you all do some of the talking for me. Um, for those of you who are new, just tuning in for the first time ever to Ham Radio Podcast, this is just a laid-back, chill, gaming news show. We just take the big hitters of the week, we talk them down, we share our thoughts, Really relaxed. If you want to support that, you can go to patreon.com slash Mr. Matty plays buck. We'll get you early access three. We'll get you into the discord where you can submit your questions. We have them all at the end of the show and we answer your wild, crazy things there. Uh, but with that general promotion stuff out of the way, gentlemen, I mean, what have you been up to? Carrick, I know you and I have, have talked weekly because of defining Duke, but Dustin, the stage is yours. Whoa. Uh, for me, well, I don't know. I'm staying very busy now since I, I think we've had one show together since the rebrand of Last Stand, right? Yeah, so... sounds about right. Oh, because I missed one, didn't I? Because mm-hmm. yeah. I had the migraine, though. One I mean, day. I'm not even being a dick. You guys missed a lot. So, I mean, I, I lost track. Have we? I lost track. Yeah. It... At least two weeks in a row, I did solo shows. And then oh, I really? don't know if. Oh, I yeah, thought. And then, oh, because I was I called out with a migraine, and I thought Dustin was still coming because I hadn't talked to him yet. And then, and then I Dustin found out the next day that he got locked up with the uh, with the premiere or or the render or something like that. It was yeah. upload for the upload. Yeah, upload. Gotcha. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, we've been very busy, you know, putting out tons of content. We just launched Defining Duke Ultimate for Last Stand patrons, which is again at the dollar level you get. Wow, you get two extra podcasts a week. So it's just mm-hmm. an insane value there. I started Twitch streaming very regularly now, and uh, it's been going pretty well, better than I thought Ooh. it would ever do. And I'm currently streaming Dark Souls Remastered, which we can oh, talk wow. about that once we get into what we've been playing. Other than that, though, I mean, just kind of in the uh, doldrums of winter right now getting like it's weird i think last week i had a little bit of the seasonal mood affecting disorder whatever it is sad disorder sad yeah Yeah. and i don't consider it like i don't saying seasonal depression feels too strong it's just like sometimes feeling kind of out of it for Mm -hmm. me but this week has been really good so i don't know it just kind of faded away but other than that pretty good good i'm glad i'm glad you're doing well carrick I kind of know the answer, but I mean, how the hell are you doing? Awesome, as always. Incredible. Unbelievable. An accelerated program of excellence. Wow. That's what I'm living right now. (laughs) 
Uh, no, I mean, just came, came off the review, had one day yesterday where I relaxed, which was pretty cool. Like, that was pretty cool. I had people, hey, man, you want to play games? I was like, you know what? No, I don't want to talk to you. I just want to, I was messing around in discords and just like, I did some podcasts, but you know what I mean, where you're not really looking and not dragging through internet websites to find data on some stupidly. Of course. So that was, that was awesome. And got to review Werewolf, which was decidedly not awesome. Unfortunately, I don't even mm. now I know how cyberpunk fans feel. And then oh. I, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was actually a little bit. It was honestly, I do. I do. I always know what it's like to be a fan and have it not work out. But I actually felt this keen in my little sliver of a heart. And then uh, what did I do? What have I been doing? Oh, we did the D&D podcast, which has been awesome. And that's it really have not been watching shows like that's usually I just sit back and sort of defray. Have you watched uh, WandaVision at all? A little bit of WandaVision. I got like season or episode three, I think. So if oh, that's what I'm on as well. Yeah, I gave it a shot before the show and uh, I described it as Tranquility Lane, the show, which yeah. is extremely up my alley i've been oh is that up it. your alley it's a little bit less up my alley but i'll, I'll continue yeah watching it. i get why people who are big mcu fans were not hot on it first but for me the style the music uh the, the filming techniques you know, just that sure. very classical approach i love that I, I thought it was very fun and different and i'm excited to wrap up the rest of the season tonight after this show so see what happens to wanda and vision um but yeah other than that uh let's see here what have i been up to uh, I have been reviewing Persona 5 Strikers. Still got a lot of time with that left. Uh, can't say more than that, but yeah, I have that for a decent amount of time to chip through over time for the final review later on this month. Um, what else? I mean, yeah, it's just been uh, kind of a lot of work, you know, between Mass Effect and Knights of the Old Republic. It's been very gratifying work because these are series that I've been a huge fan of all my life. So uh, it's been really exciting uh, this time around um, to just talk about these games that I've I've grown up with and have a community that wants to share that. So it's been a lot of work. And then um, when I'm not working, you know, like I've been I've been doing some writing, gentlemen. I've been. I, I don't think I. I don't think I share that a lot. But I'm. I'm a writer on the side, not like crazy amounts. But I've always. That's kind of been the skill I excelled at in school. Was 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 uh, English language arts, as they called it. And um, so I've been doing that a decent amount now. Just putting some ideas on paper, testing some things out, and seeing where it goes with a little storytelling. And I've been really enjoying oh. that. So that been reading, Light of the Jedi. <clears throat> nine chapters in really like it. I don't know why people are, are down on high Republic and I'm going to put a poll out on my channel and see why. Cause I'm not, I'm not seeing it yet. What the, whoa. is that really it? I did. I, I, I did mention it today in my, in my uh, stream and we did have somebody drop that. Of course I attacked that right away. I hate that kind of shit. I was like, real stuff is woke. That's not, but I, I, I have heard that. That'll be the second or third time I've heard somebody say that. I don't feel like it is, but I, I, I genuinely like, usually I have a radar for yeah. that kind of stuff. And yeah. I haven't, I haven't caught that. I, I feel like, I, you know, I, I'm seeing some interesting species with lightsabers that I've never imagined before, like right. a Wookiee with a lightsaber. I'm like, that's to me, that's cool. But it is you until know, he spins it and there. burns his fucking hair off, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
No, you're not wrong. I mean, yeah, there was like a Rodian Jedi, and I'm thinking to myself, this is cool. I, I, I'm digging that because I think of Kotor, where the Rodians usually had like vibro blades and yeah, and stun right. batons, and that was it. So imagining Rodian. that, but they have a, a lightsaber. Yeah, it's it's kind of neat. So I've been enjoying that. I so I so much so that I bought Into the Dark because I've heard that's actually better than Light of the Jedi, and it's mm. a little more mature. Uh, where this is more of a typical heroic story, and Into the Dark is a little more gritty. Uh, so I'm looking forward to reading that. But yeah, been doing a lot of different things, really, lately. Trying to hone my skills, expand the vocabulary, engage my mind elsewhere. Uh, but with that, I, I guess, um, what have you What have you guys been really playing? I know, Dustin, you said Dark Souls. I'm playing Persona. Carrick, unless you're reviewing something, are you, are you able to say? Ne- uh, I'm doing? reviewing what you're reviewing, but I'm also doing a bunch of okay. Neo 2. Oh, dude. A bunch of I got to get that game. Just to, just to support it, I, I, I like once they said that they're not going to do more Neo. I thought I get it. Yeah, I understand. Know, that, that depressed me, man. But because yeah, it sucks, it does. And I gotta say, you know, I tell people it's like with Neo too. I personally believe if you have had issues with all of these kind of games in the past, other than maybe a Dragon's Dogma, which on high difficulty can feel a little Dark Soulish at times, um, but Neo lets you face a couple guys at the starting that you can brute force through if you're not great and but when you defeat somebody and they die and you have a restful moment usually your brain can then take what you've learned and sort of figure it out instead of dying and then resetting seeing a dead screen and starting back over where your brain doesn't get a chance to sort of digest what you just did and with neo you do get a chance and i think that's one of the one of the big positives of this game you can jump in i think there's one two three like i can sort of count them in my brain i think there's like one two there's three or four before you get to like anything that's really difficult and I, I think that's awesome. And I just, dude, I love it, man. I fucking, I just love that game. Like it's, it, it fucking is so fun. The Kirisagama, all the different weapons. Um, yeah. Go ahead. I got to make sure this isn't a bed being delivered. Go ahead. Nope, but that, that is what I've been playing. Oh, bed. oh my. <laughs> oh my. Uh, so, <laughs> oh, he's going to answer. He's going to answer right here. Did he meet himself? He's like frozen, just leaning back, staring at the ceiling. This is <laughs> <laughs> not a bed. Not a bed? No, it's dude, I don't know about you guys, but it's just so many fucking I use this as a honeypot so I don't have to worry about it on my cell phone. It's just thousands of fucking, you know, spam calls. And this was like oh some, my God, you know, it's yeah. like we've been you trying might, to you know, reach you regarding your car's extended warranty. That's exactly, but exactly what it was, but it sounds dude. like somebody recorded oh it at the bottom of a well or a, in a bathosphere in the Mariana Trench. Okay, <laughs> I admire your patience. You sat there and actually listened for a good 7 seconds before hanging up. Well, I don't I even gotta pick make up sure, the phone. I bought an expensive bed because I've had a problem sleeping for the last 15 years. So I'm like I bought a good bed for the first time in my life. Mm-hmm. I normally sleep on the floor. So I was like, I'm gonna buy a bed, dude. Um, I'm six two, and I slept in a twin for most of my life. So yeah, I get that. I invested in in a full side bed. Yep, this is a full side. This is the fucking like it's got mechanical shit. It doesn't separate you because a wife and a husband. I don't like the idea. This sounds. I'm not joking by this. I don't like the idea of a wife and a husband in a medical bed, like separate. That seems like at that point, might as well just check it off as roommates. So we got one that's like. (laughs) you're together but it, it can raise up and it can oh it's got the multiple sensors it's almost like a sure number bed where somebody says my number is seven somebody's like my number is one and you have different because i like a fucking rock hard bed man like i want really yeah just a little bit below plywood is what i like like i and <laughs> i slept on a japanese mat 
for years. The best back experience of my life was sleeping on that. And then now I sleep on something that's just not working for me. Hasn't for yeah. a Sometimes decade. I mix it up. Like I'll, mm-hmm. I find myself when my back's messed up, I'll literally, my parents have a way more firm mattress than mine. So I'll just lay out on that for yep. 20 minutes and it just does something, man. My couch is does. very good for that. So if my back hurts, I'll, yeah. I have a couch that's awesome and I'll just, I'll go to sleep on that. But yeah, we'll, we'll see. Hopefully beds are expensive. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. I bought, I bought one last year. Yeah. <laughs> Christ. I saw the price and I was like, oh, too many zeros. I should call them to correct that number. And it's like, yeah. nah, that's the number. Because you got it. Because you, you look at the mattress price and you go, that's not bad. But then you realize right. you got to get a frame to fit yep. it and, yep. and everything else to support Absolutely it. Blows. Sheets. Yeah. Fucking ridiculous. All right, gentlemen. We just talked about beds well, for like yeah, two minutes. Sorry, people. I know. Are we talking Let's about, talk more about games? Mass Effect? I think, I think, yeah. I, I mean, unless there's more games that you want to talk well, about now. Well, we didn't even talk. We, just, well, I mean, we briefly mentioned them, but I did have one game that I did. Oh, sorry. Didn't need I thought, to talk I about. Thought, oh, okay. I need to talk about Maddie. Do you oh, understand here? Because, okay, I, don't know I have if to I disclose, know. though, that this was provided to me by the publisher, Yacht Club Games, and that is Cyber Shadow. Have you guys no. been checking this out at all? I haven't, but I haven't a lot Pass. of people have been talking about it in my Discord. Yeah. Cool. So. I just want to you know talk about it real quick, just because it's um, you know Yacht Club. They are the developers of Shovel Knight, which is a fantastic retro Very game. game. Uh, really, really fun. And this game is actually their. I want to say it's their first game time publishing a game. So Cyber Shadow is a game. Uh, the the team or the the studio is called Mechanical Head, but it's primarily just one guy. And so they've been kind of like helping him out with development and doing different stuff. But um, it's cool because it does like, you know, Shovel Knight is sort of a mix of a bunch of retro games as far as like it has like the DuckTales jumping mechanic yeah. and stuff like that. It's kind of a hodgepodge of a bunch of stuff. How much I like Shovel Knight. Jeez. Dude, it's so good. It is. And this game, what's cool is that it's kind of like that, only it's more leaning towards games like Ninja Gaiden. Mm. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it's this cool game. You play as a, a cyber shadow, so like this mechanical ninja-type character. And um, as you progress through each level, you unlock new abilities. And uh, it is really, really hard, but mm-hmm. mostly in a good way, That's I would sense. say. Uh, I, I've said before on some other shows that I had some issues with, like, the first... I think it's Chapter 2. There's like these There's these moth enemies that float around. And because it is a like retro side scroller, your character just slashes. There's no up slash. There's no down slash. Well, there's a down slash later oh, on. God. So if like one of these moths flies like down into your head, you're just you're fucked. You gotta right, like, you know fucked. you have to like navigate around. And I kind of was like, was this really the best move to have this be the primary enemy or one of the primary enemies for chapter two? But once I got past that level, I was finding to be it to be a much more enjoyable experience but either way this game just oozes quality the quality you would come to expect from yacht club it's like clear that they definitely like you know it's their first time publishing so it kind of says a lot that they're putting their their stamp on it and uh they did a fantastic job and and here's the thing i know you maddie you said it's on game pass so anyone out there it's on game pass for PC and Xbox, or you can get it, of course, on PS4, PS5, Switch, or just Steam or whatever. 
But if you get it on a PS5 or a Series X, it does have 120 hertz support. Oh, cool. So I just think that's cool. I love that kind of like next-gen support on retro games is really cool. Um, and, of course, I'm I'm a sucker for high frame rate stuff no matter what. Right. So, yeah, this is a really, really cool game. I highly recommend checking it out, especially especially if you have Game Pass. There's, like, no excuse. If you're into retro games or into these, like, you know, modern retro games, then this is, like, a no-brainer. It's so interesting because I was on Game Pass with a friend. He got Cyber Shadow, and he's been enjoying it. And then he goes, this kind of reminds me at times of The Messenger. And so I go to Game Pass, and they also have The Messenger. And I'm sitting there going, that's awesome, man. Yeah. I, I love that shit. Uh, the mess. Oh, See, the thing is, is the messenger was probably my f- like. The more I think about it, I, I probably like it more than Shovel Knight. But also, oh. it's just the yeah, but just not because it's like mechanically better. I think it's just some of the <laughs> writing is hilarious, and I also I'm 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 a sucker at times for gimmicks. Oh. I thought the eight bit, sixteen bit art style switch ups were pretty neat. Um, but what I liked most was because you mentioned the the just like the one way of attacking is just pretty much horizontal, and mm-hmm. I liked how in the messenger you could kind of platform while attacking where if you did a down attack on top of an enemy you would like keep popping up and it would refresh your jump and your glide and i just i adored that man so i definitely want to give cyber shadow a shot i was going to but then to to the shock of my you know myself and Carrick, you know we get this persona 5 code like three weeks early and i sit there and think to myself well this is what i've always wanted right i've wanted that time just to, to wow kind that's of what i've always wanted too yeah so so no one is entitled to a code. That wasn't yeah, me complaining. I was I was yeah. joking. No, I get. We know. No, but wanting extra time, that's not entitled. That that's true. Yeah. That's not a joke. For <laughs> that's sure. That would be just like, great. That's just like if you wanna I, I'd almost rather have a company just be like, you know what, we're not doing early codes than be like, here's a code two days prior for a forty hour game. And you're like, Well, that's not gonna work. <laughs> so yeah, it's like, all right, impressions it is. Yep. Yeah, oh, that's dude, what you gotta do. that's why you've noticed on my channel, I've dropped a couple of impressions. I'm like, not even worried, not not going to fucking burn the midnight oil. Yeah, exactly, man. It's it's just, yeah, it gets unhealthy at a certain point. Maddie, I did want to comment one thing about Dark Souls, because you we Please. talked about it on this podcast, where you had said, be careful, not be careful. You were like, hey, if you do end up playing Dark Souls, it is, it's a little dated at this point, and a lot of people won't tell you that. You know, because it's the it's the golden boy, you know, Dark Souls, yeah. the original and everything. As much as I adore it, yeah. You are 100% correct. It is a little bit. I you say wrong. No, okay. you are very right. Mechanically, okay. that thing can feel really like, almost like there's four controls for, for direction versus eight. There's something Dude, about it that feels like It's yeah, good if yeah, you start yeah. with it, but going back to yeah, it, it's Going tough, back man. to it can be rough. Oh, and to be clear, is that like, as I'm playing it, it's like... um. It's a very analytical experience. I'm like, ah, oh, I could see this thread of an idea and how it expanded into other into games two from and software three and Bloodborne. Yeah, yeah, right. So I am very, very cool. much enjoying it. And I have a you know a huge respect for the game for what it did at the time, and it was so so adventurous in its ideas and doing things that had never been done before. But man, sometimes I'm like, my character is running <laughs> through molasses. Like, mm-hmm. it's oh, just a. Yeah. And then, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> so there, I didn't know about that this is kind of like a meme status. There's this part when you're in the, uh, is it Honor, Anna Orlando, the castle, yeah. with the archers. Oh, on, God, yeah. I'm oh, like, yeah. 
all from software games have points of being like this this like meter of like annoying and frustration that eventually becomes satisfaction dark souls has the highest concentration of this is so fucking annoying yeah and i know when i beat it it's not satisfying it's just like thank god that's over which is like the wrong feeling in my opinion whereas yeah. in like you know other games like bloodborne stuff like that they oh, yeah, they got that balance bloodborne. way better yeah nothing's wrong with that game yes, that game's perfect something's yeah. wrong with that game <laughs> Wait, what? Just Dude, Bloodborne? <laughs> fucking micro stutter in that game is so ridiculous. No, nah, you're right. You're right. That. Yeah. So ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, they need to they need to they need to get it ASAP. They need to patch it for the PS5. Dude, I don't know why that wasn't a first it. thing. I know. I, every, Dude, I think well, it's tech it's uh, it may be coming, but I would honestly bet that there's something technical. Obviously. There has to be. Dude, yeah. Digital Foundry I, I would I, at this point. Huh? Digital Foundry worked with this hacker right, who figured but, out a uh, way what, to get it to run. I was going to say the problem is, is he had to, the way to get it to run was actually not like just fixing something. It was way overpowered to get it to actually even out those frames. Mm. So what I'm saying is maybe the PS5 for whatever, I'm just saying maybe to get it to be able to do it all and then even it out. Maybe there's something there where it needs an even faster CPU or it needs, you know, something to that effect. But yeah, I did see that and it looked good and the modder got it running at 60 as well. But again, it's, it's when... It's like you start seeing them throwing 3080s at it, you know, or whatever to get it. And you're isn't, like, okay, well, that that might be a yeah. little difficult. Isn't it but amazing, though? Have you, have, you, have you ever seen a game where there's been a demand of, hey, we just want 60 frames, and that's it? Like, normally it comes with a couple. You could boost this. You could do this, Well, I this, think that's, that game just disappeared. That's the thing, Maddie. It came out. It was loved. And then Dark Souls 2, 3, blah, 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 all these other games. And people are still looking at Bloodborne going, I'm not quite understanding why yeah why it was, it was like one almost forgotten. What, was the ending um so uh, as somebody who just had to throw that i was getting sick playing it because the micro starter was that a game though that when the ending happens it was done or something is that like was that do you guys remember the ending was it maybe where they yeah. were like eh, wrapped up i Dustin, mean you could probably speak more on that i beat it twice but i it was more so the enjoyment of the experience i couldn't tell you about the ending really i think it, it it's perfectly wrapped up but it's also perfectly able to be Open. continued in some way or another gotcha. um you know whether I remember it's there like, was one fucked up ending wasn't there i'm trying to remember um i'm trying to it doesn't matter because we can't speak with context anyway at this right. point but yeah just no i think I, I recall something like that i think they're gonna do it i mean we're seeing like this rollout of sony first and second party games getting some kind of ps5 support we just saw god of war get uh which again this is a different situation because it's second party and i mean but still the thing that i'm wondering is that uh dark souls 3 did get ps4 pro support with an unlocked frame rate so and those games are built on you know basically the same technology you'd have to assume since they're both the two well i guess two of the three from software uh ps4 games so I don't know. Makes you wonder why the micro stutter was induced in that and then not in the other. Additionally, mm-hmm. they ended up yesterday, Sony took the uh, stake 1.3%, right? Of I saw Chrome that. Software now. So maybe that was a payment. One of the things we talked about is, was that possibly a payment for an exclusive, you know, or was that, you know, was that just them saying, hey, we want to give you some cash and invest in you? Who knows? But all. 
It could be. Yeah, it was yesterday. I think it was 1.3%. It was a weird... I think I remember reading it going like, that was an odd percentage. That Seems very could. specific, yeah. Um, it, it might have been 1.5, but regardless, hopefully it's coming because that's a title that I just... Like, I would love to experience. Um, Microstutter normally doesn't affect me for whatever reason in that game. It really did. So I would love to jump into it. I'm, I'm hoping big mm-hmm. time that they figure something out or they're probably once they know they can get Elden Ring going and that's oh that's another thing yeah yeah, I just feel like that might be because my guess and it's just a guess is that game had to have shifted to next gen I think they were making something they were on their way and they said let's yeah and I think that I mean they're not impervious to any type of development troubles don't get me wrong but I just feel like the way they revealed it and then just went completely silent I think they had like oh shit you know, we could well, do this. You have to imagine that um, the Demon Souls remake is actively being discussed and viewed and thinking like, yeah, uh, we got to at least come close to some kind of visual quality as this or we or a performance mm-hmm. or something like if we launch a game at, and it's, you know, significantly worse than than that remake, then, you know, that we're going to look pretty bad after that right. yeah yeah let's well, talk mass effect yeah i was gonna say time will tell with that let's talk a little mass effect though gentlemen so this week was was really owned by mass effect entirely uh it was the announcement uh, slash confirmation full reveal whatever you want to call it of the legendary edition which packages in mass effect one two three four k uh they haven't really commented on the frame rate all that much they, yet they said I, up to 60 that's i don't like that not terminology. Long. and neither yeah. do i that's what i was I telling like people that. in the video it's like do not <laughs> up yeah. to is not the same as locked i think it'll be locked on next gen probably i do which not which is weird really i lock, okay so i guess I, I want to make sure that we all when i say locked i really do mean locked dustin so like they might call it locked but then they'll be like oh except for it drops to 50 in cutscenes. I'm just saying I don't think it'll be 100% locked all the way around. And the reason, because mm. it is Unreal 3 still. They did yeah, not. Sure. It, it's yeah, still they thought about engine. moving it to 4. Yeah, yeah they so about moving it to four. I just have a feeling there's some stuff going on in the back end that might. But I would be, God, I'd be, love to be wrong on that one. Yeah. They've also brought in uh, 40 plus pieces of DLC. Pretty much everything is there, excluding... Awesome one dlc which uh demiurge could not get them the code for and it came completely broken yeah pinnacle station could not be included so that's not there but a lot of people didn't seem to like that from what i've read online in fact i gotta be honest when i saw that name i went wait what why does and i looked up and went oh it was this one um but yeah that one isn't really a huge miss there's still all the, the the amazing other pieces of content there with the game. Mass Effect 1 looks to be getting the biggest overhaul of them all from graphics to the character creator being retroactive now. Uh, the default Fem Shep from later entries in the series is now in Mass Effect 1. Uh, she looks fantastic, by the way. Bioware posted a side-by-side of uh, both Fem Shep and Male Shep and, and Female Shepard. I'm definitely playing as her. She looks great. Um, not only that, they've tweaked the camera. Uh, they've tweaked the HUD. They have changed the Mako controls, uh, just everything. They've rebalanced weapons, rebalanced XP payouts. They uh, they really went pretty hard with Mass Effect 1, unearthing it and tweaking a lot of things. Mass Effect 2 and 3 have received tweaks in the sense of visuals, but 
from what Bioware is saying. It looks like that's going to remain mostly the same outside of 3's multiplayer being left in the dust. Uh, They said it would have taken the same amount of time as Mass Effect 1 uh, being completely fixed up for them to get 3's multiplayer over to next gen. So uh, that is bullshit. But anyway, um, pretty much that is the stage set for what's going on with Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I've talked about it in three videos this week, so a lot of people know my thoughts. I'm very excited about this. I am I am very much looking forward to you know because part of it's exciting uh, outside of the game to me. I find some of the excitement in that. Hey, we finally have a moment where Bioware is not being laughed at, and I know that sounds like a dick thing to say, but it has been kind of embarrassment after embarrassment. It's been nice to, and even if it has to involve them going back and familiarizing themselves and 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 giving birth again to this franchise. Uh, it's been nice just to see people go like, sweet, this isn't Anthem being broken. This isn't <laughs> Anthem leaving its Christmas decorations up. This isn't Andromeda's My Face is Tired. This is just, hey, Mass Effect was really good, and we're happy it's coming back, and they're doing on paper. We don't know what it's going to be like when we play it. But on paper, it looks like they're doing the right things with Mass Effect 1. So I talked about it quite a bit on my channel, gentlemen, but I'd like to pass it off to you. Uh, what do you make of... Not only it changes to one mostly, but overall the legendary edition. I know, Carrick, you've played a lot of Mass Effect. Dustin, is this your? I don't remember. Is this your first time? No, Would this be your first time. No, Would not okay. Sorry, I just wanted to make sure. So hold on, Matt. Here's the thing, though. I I want to agree with you about this. Um, you know, saying you know we can be happy for Bioware in this moment, but like, if I go put around posters around my town to say, "Hey, come check me out break dancing on this day." <laughs> And then everyone's like, this is going to be awesome. This guy's going to break dance. And then they show up and it's, you know, it's a fucking shit show of embarrassment. Then it's kind of that, that excitement is null and void. So I'm just, I don't want to be a pessimist. I'm just saying that like Bioware is still like, all right, we'll wait and see about this. Like this remaster oh, because I get that. there's yeah. already, I mean, I don't agree with it necessarily, but I even saw you tweet about it a little bit about some of the, creative decisions they're making as far as changing up some of like um the way the environment looks and stuff like that right yeah they changed eden prime's art style is how i describe it you know the light box is different um it's a lot more uh, bright out where in the original mass effect one it was a, a dark red sky and you could tell something was brooding and it, cre- it created atmosphere um some people have tried to argue lore is why this makes sense because you do return to Eden Prime at a certain point and it is all bright and fine and it is more lore accurate. But I think when the Reapers are starting their invasion in literally the first mission of the game that the Red Sky helps symbolize the incoming threat. Uh, So yeah, I wasn't a fan of that. To me, it felt like a bunch of artists got new tools. They said, make everything look better. They gave them this part of the, the game and they did exactly what they were told. Just they weren't involved on the on the ground floor on those creative decisions that made sense then and didn't update them. I think properly. Now Uh, I understand why some people think it looks better. In fact, one of the top rated comments on my video when I complained about it was, wow, it looks so much better in legendary edition. A lot of people don't like the red sky. Uh, So I think that's just kind of a a good way to describe a creative decision in its own right. Some people are going to like it. Some people aren't. Um, I sit on the side of the fence that doesn't. The other thing they changed and more people than I ever really imagined got pissed off at it. Uh, but I, I should have expected more <laughs> or shouldn't have ex- expected as much. I think you already know where I'm going with this is that they, they've removed some ass shots of Miranda. Sometimes yeah, the camera. The fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I don't support this. 
<laughs> yeah, right. I was just like, I am not buying this game now. Um, no, I. The thing is, is I, I, I at first I, I got where people were coming from because Miranda was like genetically engineered to be very attractive, and and that's kind of the the core of her character. And it gets deeper than that. She starts talking about her interactions with her father and how that kind of connects to her backstory. And it's very sad. But while they're doing that, Bioware's like, look at that butt. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, okay, I kind of get why you would say that, that like, it, like part of her character seemingly is her, 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 uh, how she looks, but at the same sure. time, the actual camera angles themselves spotlighting it. I don't think it needed that to really deliver what her character is all about. So on one hand, I'm like, I, I think this is a smart choice. Cause you know, who cares at the end of the day, you know, for those who are like literally freaking the fuck out. Right. You, you can just add her in your party and that's it. You know, you can, you can, you can look and gander all you want, but yeah, a lot of people were up in arms about this. Well, I just feel like changes. what's weird to me is first of all, we don't know the extent of the changes. They may have just like flipped around a couple, you know, whatever shots or whatever that it's like, like you said, she's talking about her, her, her relationship with her dad. Do we need an ass shot at that moment? Right. Maybe that's a better change. So, and I think you're right that it's like, honestly, it really doesn't matter. I just don't know whether or not, like, maybe this is a larger cultural question. I'm like, I thought we all liked asses. I'm just looking up Miranda's um, ass wiki page, <laughs> wiki page. <laughs> in the meantime. Karen, what do you make of uh, some of the changes coming to the, the series while I get some more data for us? I don't data. care if people have an issue with uh, Miranda's ass. I mean, that camera was so far up there. It was like a colonoscopy. Like, it was up there. A lot, and yeah. I would say that's fine. Yvonne worked her ass off to be uh, to be mocap for that. She was pretty proud of it. But one of the things is, is that Jack is braless and topless at one point, and I saw somebody being like, "Man, are they gonna? You know, is it all about that? Are they gonna also? Or what if they don't remove Jack? That'll just be it'll just show us that like butts are bad. It's not about that. It's like what you said. If there were bad camera angles, they were bad camera angles. I will right. say that it's weird that people mention that. We talked about this prior to the podcast. Sometimes you shouldn't make a deal out of something and mm-hmm. i don't know how butts got brought up if it was a reporter who brought it up well then that's on their dumbass. like that's completely on them but if it's on the creative director answering questions then they probably just should you know just be like we're adjusting some camera angles and that's it and then if they're removed they're removed i believe i read though i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure i read and the interviewer asked about asses three times i'm i don't oh, think i'm geez. going nuts i'm almost 100 sure Kotaku? last night no, it was, but it was, it, and it was not like one question. It was like, there was a lot of this. Are we doing this? And then somebody answered and there was a lot of this. And I don't think I'm having a dream. I'm pretty sure last night before I went to bed, I saw that. So the thing is, is, um, I mean, I get where Dustin's coming from and I get where you're coming from. Personally, what I would say is if I were them and I'm adjusting those, I would be prepared for the one thing that's going to come up, which is that especially in current English all, all English-speaking countries, one of the problems is that people are really stupid in their comparisons, and they don't understand how to compare. So somebody will say, oh, you removed the butts, so why is Jack still topless? Those are actually not comparable. They're for completely different reasons. And it, if you strengthen the argument of against removing the butts, but you don't use the Jack complaint, you're actually going to have a stronger argument. And the ar- argument could be then looking at it and saying, well, was it her ass that they were looking at or was it the other character? Because by the way, I played that part and I saw a video of it yesterday and it wasn't like staring in her butthole. 
it was her butt right here walking by. <laughs> I was reading and, camera, and all I heard was that. And I was like, wait, what the fuck is in the camera going about? beside it? So it's like, you know, and I would yeah. also say this. In, one thing that people are going to measure is those changes versus any possible issues. So what you need to know is if you spent a single cent on changing a camera angle and there is a sound glitch or there is a visual bug or there is a technical problem, the first thing you will have is somebody saying, why'd you spend all the resources on changing her ass? And mm. that is just typical internet. That's, kind of well, gotcha that's not moment. just internet. <laughs> that's just people being mad at an initial thing and waiting to f- and, and not understanding that tit for tat is not necessarily how development works. Yeah. But I get you. Personally, I wouldn't change it. Uh, I, 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 what I saw, I was like, okay, it's a little gratuitous. It is funny, but it's like she is about sex appeal too. Yeah, that's I'm another thing I didn't like. Right here, yeah, every character is different. Her, her character is about sex appeal. That's one of the major. It parts literally of that says right here, Shepard learned can learn through conversation that Miranda was genetically engineered. She reveals that she never had a mother, only a father who manipulated his genes to create the perfect human specimen. All of Miranda's qualities from her intelligence, biotics and appearance have been genetically created for excellence. Correct. Yeah. So that's for those who thought we were kind of like talking out of our they ass. They tried to wanna... create an excellent ass in lore. Yeah, that was well, kind of it. it. But uh, yeah, I feel like removing the, the butt shots. I feel like you can let that part of the story deliver. In my opinion, I think it delivers a lot better that way. I don't need her to see her ass cheeks to be like, I get it. Yeah, now. Most people wouldn't I notice if it, it wasn't there. It's not going to cut anything. Yeah, exactly. Like you just kind of have to look at her face. In my opinion, you're like, ah, oh, all right, I get it. But just my opinion. Right. Know. Ultimately, it doesn't really matter. That's yeah, I was about to say. Away. I didn't even think that was going to spiral <laughs> when I brought it up in passing. That doesn't be like one, two, three. It's but... Spiral beyond belief already. Yeah. I mean, that's that's, that's going to be most of our because... comments. <laughs> well, yeah, and we're all we're we're sort of heading, and especially me, trying to head off at the past like intelligent arguments against her for it versus just that tit for tat, which doesn't that just makes you look dumb. So it's like if you have an issue with that, find out what your issue is and speak towards that. And I'm mm-hmm. okay with that, even if I don't agree with you. I'm like, okay, I, I I get where you're coming from. You you like her ass. There's certainly nothing wrong with that. Because yeah. I also do find it weird. I will admit that we have also had some other issues completely unconnected to this, and we can talk about this in a different video or whatever, where I have been seeing a huge number of male and female actresses and actors be mo-capped and look horrendously different in the game than they do in real life. As if somebody is going in and like trying to almost make them more even versus whatever they may look. For example, Control, the main character for Control, was, was mo-capped. She completely mm-hmm. does not look like her character, but her there. Have you guys seen the character who was Shepard uh, or not Shepard, but the uh, the character for Andromeda? Have you seen the Tom female? Or the female no, I haven't. No. Look up the female model who was supposed to be her, and then look up what happened in Andromeda. Now, admittedly, Andromeda was a mess, but you get my drift. And I think that sometimes people look and they say, "We don't want this person to, you know, be too feminine looking because maybe people will think they're not." you know, military enough. We don't want this guy to look too, you know, like beefy because we, we want people to be able to, um, what do you call it? Pattern onto them. Uh, I get those, I get all those thought processes, but I think at times I'm starting to notice some weird things going on on some of the way the characters look and stuff where I'm just like, why would you pick that character? Why would you mocap that person in the first place? If they're going to look nothing like, you know, like resident evil, look at their mocaps versus the game. They're identical. So, you mentioned control, though. 
the the only reason I'm just I'm curious is that I've saw this video where she's like giving a tour of the remedy office. I feel like it looks exactly like her. No, I watched Dude. that. No, Dustin is a wrong a, as a person. It shows her right beside Dude, look the picture. At her chin in control. It looks like Gears of War. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Look at her chin. She looks like Marcus, bro. She, uh, we, it's so funny you mentioned because that's the one our Discord was talking about yesterday. You really think that she, that they look identical? I don't think they look identical, but I think a that close? it looks a lot closer than like other situations. Mm. Man, uh, uh, man, that's I gotta disagree. I gotta disagree. That's, I'll look I at it again. Fine. I'll look at it again. But her chin <laughs> looks like my beard with some fleshy makeup on it in the All game. Right? It, no, in the game, yeah. In the, yeah. I mean, that was one of the first things that was mentioned was that. And her actress was like, no, it's okay. But you could even tell she was like, that's not necessarily. And they did state that they changed her. So, but ignore if you want to ignore that, you can then, of course, go to the Mass Effect Andromeda. And I'm just saying that those, it, it, we do seem to be getting this weird thing, as you guys stated about sexuality, where it's like we're pulling back. And I'm not 100% sure you have to pull back on all of it. Like, I, but I don't know. I don't know what people want. You know, we don't want hot coffee. I don't know if you guys remember that, the 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 uh, San Andreas sex scenes. But at the same oh, time, no. At the same time, like, what do you? I mean, cyberpunk. Yeah, I don't know. What'd you guys think of cyberpunk? What'd you guys think of the sex scenes in cyberpunk? With the mm. I, here's the thing, I called it right when it first got announced about like, oh, they will have. Uh, I remember like the, the the ratings literally said you can get head in cyberpunk, and I thought to myself, <laughs> this is one hundred thousand percent to beat the marketing drum that you can look at what was presented in the trailers and be like, it's doing this, this, that. Like, let's say good storytelling. You got Keanu Reeves. You got this gameplay here. You've got these builds here. Oh, and because they spared no effort. They also let you get head in the game. Like they covered everything. It's like it creates kind of this illusion. That's how I immediately I saw it like that. Even as someone who fucking likes the game a lot, I immediately saw it there and went, there's something up here. Because to me, that looked like wasted resources. That's just me. Some people are all about immersion. They like the first person gameplay. They like being able to interact with the objects in the universe. If you want to fuck, you can fuck. Fine. And I will personally say I... I and I've stated this since Mass Effect One came out. I hate relationships and games. Hate yeah, I, I for me it's, it's about. Passion. I don't think they're done well. For so me, I would it's be okay about if they the in there. the character building, right? I get if people like romance, and I know that sometimes romance extends into that. So I think romance arcs can really build a character in a way where they're amazing. Like, I think Parvati of the Outer Worlds is is probably the best modern example I can think of a character that. Because of their romance arc, which, by the way, you don't participate in, in the sense that I was that just you, gonna say, okay, because I was confused. I was like, yeah. oh, what happened? Did yeah, not something? like you're dating her, but the yeah. way she engages and, and how she falls in love sure. and how she expresses that made her a much more humanized, interesting character, in my opinion. So there are 
characters that I think can have their arcs improved through romance. But yeah, I mean, when it comes to just like uh, a Bioware kind of Inquisition level, uh, just, you know, two people getting it on, it's like, I don't, I don't know. It's just me. Some people like it and that's fine by them. I don't care. I'm not telling people to go take it out. I just don't care for it. It to me, it's well, then, just a waste of time. Did you guys fade into black and call it a day? We were joking about Assassin's, or sorry, Mass Effect Lens Flare Edition. Um, I'm sure you guys saw like that. There was people complaining about the amount of lens flare. There's people complaining about the color work. I think that's one of the problems is you're dealing with a bunch of people who haven't played it who just want to play the damn game, and then a bunch of people who have played it who I just have a feeling they're going to sour it for a lot of people like that you know this isn't what we remember it's like of course it's not it's not yeah I don't I I I, see the thing is is I don't see any dramatic changes in a negative way that would make it not what it once was I really genuinely don't I think one if if you're if we're gonna say improving and we don't know if it's improved in how it feels or looks but I'm saying if if you're saying them going in and saying we're pulling the camera back a little bit so that gunplay mm-hmm. functions a little smoother. If you're going to come to me and tell me changes like that, subtle little things that are quality of life enhancements are going to ruin what it originally was, you know, get out of here. That, that's to me, that's nonsense. Not even like an opinion way. Just I can't understand how you could actually legitimately argue that. And that's where it kind of ties back to where this all started. Like the people who go, the butt shots have been taken out. The preservation of the original game is gone. It's like, no, it's not. The storytelling is still the fucking right. same. You just get one less look at her ass. And who, to me, who fucking cares? <laughs> right. But how many, yeah, somebody should count up ass shots in the original and just be like, take it off from a 10 point score. That's what I'll do. I'll change my scoring to 10 points and I'll be like, technically, this would be a 10, but there's six less ass shots in it, 9.4. Yeah. I mean, I'll say, there's I'll say math. this much. It to me was not a thought in my head. And then it became a thing that they said they removed. Like when I thought of Miranda, yeah, she's right. a pretty character, but I, I kind of thought of her backstory more, yeah. and that was it. And, and I don't really think it stretched beyond that. So I don't know how much that stayed in people's heads. Because then I looked up, this, I'm like, what is this scene? I looked it up and went, oh yeah, I definitely because I played the game when I was it was 2010, I think I played it for the first time or 2011. I definitely, as a high school student, probably had something to say about that. Like, oh, cool. But, you know, <laughs> right. beyond that, you know, it <laughs> didn't stick with me after that. Uh, I think so. the cool thing about all this is if this does well, then you can, you like you said in the Wednesday podcast, you could possibly see a Dragon Age um, Origins, Dragon Age 2 remaster, which would be crazy to see. You know, imagine if they were like Dragon Age Origins, you know, uh, the, the fucking whatever edition, the better mm-hmm. than number two edition. What if they just remade all of them, but skip Dragon Age 2. Pretended like it didn't exist, like Origins. <laughs> That'd be amazing. But uh, the one thing I hope we don't get is Ezio Trilogy kind of stuff, or Batman. I don't know if you guys remember the big hubbub yeah. around Batman, where the update looked worse because it actually had worse special effects, which is not what I'm seeing with this at all. What I'm seeing with this is just, you know, artists, like you said, maybe not knowing the thematic presentation of the red sky and all that stuff, and, and yeah. thinking... Let's remove it. Yeah. But from a, a gameplay standpoint, it looks a little bit better from the snippets we've seen. Definitely visually. Uh, there was a comparison photo, like I said, of male and female Shepard and uh, before and afters. And especially the female side looks fantastic. I'm um, great. I'm glad. I want to say I'm glad you like that because everybody I know hates it. I had really? no issue with it. Yeah. There's actually like a thing it's what number one of the main things on reddit is like look what they did and it shows like the old version of uh female shep 
in the new version. People are like, how her dare hair they? looked horrible in the in the older one. I thought. Well, in the older one, bad. their faces look like it looks like clay that's been slightly baked. Like mm. their faces have that doughy look. Um, this one's a tiny bit more. Maybe I don't know what you'd call it. A tiny. I'll just say not they're cartoonish, yeah. just different. But I'll just say that at least in the photos they presented, the only thing that stuck out to me was the faces looked a little shiny. Like very sparkly, shiny. Even though sparkly. you just got out of combat, it's like, one of my like favorite a... things about Dragon Age Origins. Is is you come out of combat, oh, blood. you're in cutscene, and yeah, your character is just masked in blood and, and trail like, hanging awesome. off your nose yeah. and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dude, I love that shit. So I know they're not gonna do that, but I'm just saying that uh, yeah, when they come across and you can see like the makeup on Fem Shep, and I'm just like, hmm, interesting. You just shot up like 40 dudes before that. And here they're also fixing the elevators, so now you can skip them or sit in them they were yeah. like if you want to listen to what is said in the elevator you can but you don't have to you can just say hey uh, yeah i'm going thing, to the one thing yeah i will of course the first time uh, one thing a lot of people brought up it's still the unreal obviously things have been fixed 512 megabytes versus eight gigs for memory hopefully the pop-in is gone because i don't know if you oh, guys yeah. remember what the pop-in was like on the original mass effect but it was like beep, 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 beep. <laughs> it was just yeah, like the yeah, world yeah, appearing yeah. around you so pretty bad yeah, especially on ps3 <laughs> yeah um let's see here uh i'm trying to see if we if we've missed anything here uh i mean I, i'm i'm personally happy they've got all the dlc in there too that's kind of to be expected but i know for a lot of people ge- generally speaking with bioware games because uh, it was the same thing i was told with dragon age inquisition when i went into trespassers you you play inquisition to experience trespasser which i i kind of understand they're they're actually parts of inquisition i like more than trespasser but um i know mass effect 2 3 uh, just whole DLC that people are very, very fond of. So I think like Lair the Shadow Broker, I think that was the name yeah, of it. Yeah, Shadow Broker is very popular. Yeah, that's one that people, I think that's for two, that people just adore. Uh, so there's some good stuff in there that even I have actually missed. So, uh, you know, from that to armor packs, they have the Blood Dragon armor pack, which is the uh, armor Dragon you can Age. wear from Dragon Age Origins. Yeah, you can put that on. And that is awesome because... EA kind of surprised me. Back with when Amalur Re-Reckoning launched, they actually um, they brought back the the Mass Effect style armor into Amalur, mm-hmm. which I, I really didn't expect with all the legality that they probably had to jump through to maybe get something like that going. Um, just the fact that that game released in general is shocking. But yeah, I was I was pleasantly surprised to see EA and Bioware kind of retaining even those little promo packs there. Uh, yeah. There is even. No one, no one now for future generations will ever have to experience what Mass Effect 3's Day 1 DLC is. It will just now be a part of the game, which is kind of cool when you think about it. Um, the first first landing or de- – what was that called? I remember – that the Promethean one? Yeah. The world's I, worst fucking side character ever made. Dude, I will always remember Young Maddie, GameStop, walk-in, Mass oh Effect 3 God. hype. I'm just like, let's Dude, go. Dude, you know, you're the type and, of kid that I would have <laughs> – probably been friends with but consistently teased i would have been like maddie what are you fucking doing dude we'd be like i'm going to gamestop Carrick, i'm going to gamestop to get yeah. the Prometheus. i'll be like dude just wait you'd be like no i'm going now fucking I'm put there your, put your hoodie look, on and shit and trudge in the snow down to your look, gamestop look i got i got i got teamed up on and and i i remember there was 
there was a woman working there and there were two guys and they were just all coming at me on why I got to get this day one DLC. Dude, you would have thought my 10 fucking dollars would have kept them in business for the next 10 years. Like it, <laughs> it was, it was all on the line, man. And they were like, you got to try it. It's going to be good. It adds more to your game. I'm just like, look, I just, I'm okay with the game. I bought it to shut them up eventually. I was just like, okay, fine, whatever. And this is as a high school student with like no money. I said, here's $10 to please be quiet. And Let get me, me out leave, of here two minutes early. Yeah, that's the thing, man. <laughs> I, I'm not the biggest hater of GameStop, but the, the the rumor of them, you know, really fucking hounding you when you're in right. their store is, is fucking true, man. And they talk to you like you're an idiot. It's, it's pretty it, – like here's the thing. You can usually tell when someone comes to the door – if it's like a mom shopping for a kid, just by the first question they ask versus someone like me who's like, hey, you got Captain Tsubasa. Right. And it's like, oh, this guy is playing like Japanese soccer games. He probably knows a little bit. And they're like, do you want to pre-order Call of Duty by chance? And it's like, no, I'm OK. I understand they have a quota. They got a hit and whatnot. And that um, it helps them raise to I think it's called like a premier store or something like that. Like there's ranks of GameStop stores and they do that. They can probably stay in business as their other stores get wiped out. But yeah, long story short, yeah, I got swindled into Mass Effect 3 DL, the day one DLC, and then I went and played the multiplayer for a while instead. So there's that. Um, but yeah, that's really all I've got to say on Mass Effect. What about you, fellas? I don't have much to add. I just want to play it. Yeah, it's May 14th. May 14th. Wouldn't it be awesome if they had, like, what if you bought DLC, and I would pay $100 for this, if you could just push the little kid to his death in Mass Effect 3? Oh, you pay one hundred dollars to push. I a would pay one hundred dollars. I would. I'm. Who's what? What's the lawyer game where the guy points his finger? Oh, Ace Attorney. Uh, Ace Attorney. Objection. I would pay one hundred dollars right this fucking minute if you said, Carrick, you can push this kid off of a cliff into like some rocks and watch him slowly roll into a mulch to his death. You know. <laughs> oh shit. And you wouldn't have to deal with him again. Yeah, you know, I've had some thoughts before. I'm like. Not that, like, I feel bad for any of our shows because we do very well. But I'm like, I wonder why developers never really wanted to come on our show. And then Carrick's like, I shove a fucking kid off of a ship (laughs) for a hundred bucks. And I'm just like, yeah, I I know you're joking. I'm just kidding. But it's it's funny to think of they're like, I'm not going on that fucking show. Yeah, I, I, I honestly wouldn't mind that. And all it, you know, it's it's choice and consequence. That's the ultimate renegade option. You can fucking punch out a reporter for asking you a question. I mean, what's what's. What's pushing a kid out of a ship, right? Didn't they stop you from shooting the kid at the end too? Or am I wrong? Could they you added in the extended did. cut, I'm pretty sure. That yeah, you could... I think but I think in the original, I think what Dustin was saying, I think you could so that was even removed from you. You couldn't even shoot the oh. I think there is, in all We're seriousness, a, a rule generate. with video games with something with kids. Oh yeah. You guys heard of the fable story, right? The original fable? The original Fable, you could kill kids, and Peter Molyneux gave the game to one of his developers and said, go ahead and play it, and then uh, I'll come and talk to you later. He came back eight hours later, and the guy was doing fart noises on top of a pile of children. And he, <laughs> Peter just went, done, remove it, now. That sounds like, like he didn't call. even want to, and that, yeah, that's from that point on. And it's a true story. Peter told this story, and you're just like, oh, my God. He's like, this tester just went nuts. And he was like, yeah, can't, that, so you could be right. Maybe that's it. But the kid wasn't even really a kid, Right. Like, it wasn't a child. It was a fucking construct. So, I don't know. Yeah, there's a loophole there. Because here's the thing. It's weird. I, I don't want to spoil any shows, but I was watching one recently where many, many people die. It is, a, it is an anime. Many people die. Oh. And a lot of them children. And I'm sitting there like, 
huh. I know what show you're talking about. Yes. And, it and was they like, get away with it. Yeah, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, wow, that like they they not only do they die, they like show their bodies. And I'm like, oh, like this is oh, fucked up, man. That's, yeah, yeah, and that's I'm thinking hard. to myself, I I didn't know they could get away with it. Cause I don't know what game it was. and But the, I remember like a developer specifically saying, yeah, we was it like Fallout or something that you – I think it was Fallout 3. They're like, yeah, we can't – you're like legally not allowed to do that. Where Maybe it's because an RPG and you take out the gun and do it uh, technically, but you can't like kill – children in games or something along those lines so which would make sense by the way yeah i mean you, yeah i like i mean it does make sense because you don't want somebody going i mean just like that sort of in poor taste yeah no overall. definitely i i completely agree just i i was thinking about the show and how they got through a loophole that other games i don't know if they even want to but haven't been able to you know so that they can let you spend your hundred dollars uh in, in good conscience <laughs> well to be honest i don't even care hate, hate the kid i just want to spend a hundred dollars to get the end i want and that's just the honest truth. They kind I don't want to give it to you at the extended cut. Yeah. Come <laughs> on. I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> Let people experience the game and yeah. I hope they like it. I don't know what they're doing with the ending. I just, I'll play it and I hope I did hear that they were changing some stuff and subtly adjusting some stuff. So I'm crossing my fingers. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I am too, because that was one of the questions I asked when a lot, I guess there was a preview for Mass Effect uh, Legendary Edition where it was hands off, by the way. Uh, people could just go in and watch uh, a presentation from Bioware. And so there's multiple members of the press and stuff. Andrea Renee was the first one who posted that she could like yeah, take questions. Yeah. And I was like, did they change the ending for three? And uh, that's what I wanted to know. And so I don't know if that actually got answered, but um, presumably since they added the extended cut DLC, I don't think they're going to be tweaking that because... Part of me wants to say, in all fairness, hey, retroactively, you got to go back and maybe work a couple of different things. But I just feel like it's more so considering the choices you've made and putting like two, three more in that spot. I have a question. Have they stated if you can play this game? So you buy this game. Can you play two? Is it all through one menu? I guess. Yeah, it's one launcher. Yeah, they confirmed that one launcher. They. Oh, good. I'm I'm glad somebody asked that. So that means can I start two and not do one if I want? Have yeah. they stayed? Have they stayed I mean, I, here's the thing. I, sh- I shouldn't say yes because they haven't directly stated that, but they said all the games are under one launcher. So I imagine when you start it up, you'll have that. Which one do you want to play? For Like, which one do you pick? And and then it loads up that game. So okay. I would I would assume strongly, yes, that you'll be able to just fire up the game. Male Shep, kill Lara, kill T- Talia or whatever her name is, those two blue chicks, just kick them off. Take Ashley. That's my job. Rex, maybe. Garrus, maybe. Do you like? Yeah, I mean, yeah. If you like, okay, yeah. See, I'm, a lot I'm of people don't like really Ashley, big, but I, I, I like know, Ashley. I know. And she, you know, why? She's, she's racist. A, she's racist. She's a bad person. The reason why I like her. Oh is fuck yeah! Because right. well, she's not racist. She's speciesist. Whatever. Yeah, um, I know what you because mean. Because everybody killed her family. That's another thing. It's the typical like she. But the reason why is because she has an edge to her, where she changes as the game goes if you play the game she actually is not and what hmm. bothers me is that the other two are just milk toast they're just boring i just want to punch tally's fucking helmet and break it so that she dies so I many people so many that. people like her though oh i, I don't like care her. what they like they're dumb and wrong i'm just joking they're probably <laughs> right. nah. it's cool though that everybody gets these you got garris right and then you got the other ones we don't mention you got legion you got the promethean Dude, legion. who 
yeah, I thought Legion was personally. I thought Legion was one of my favorites because he was like a dog. If if that sounds right, like a he, he, he surprised was me. Yeah. A robot that was like loyal to you. Uh, like I don't know how to describe it, but I thought he was one of my yeah one of my favorites. I didn't. I wasn't a big fan of Jack or who's the dude that you try to kill right I away. I love he's the so mission terrible. for Jack Caden? though. Caden. Caden's the one in the in the first one. Yeah, I never I never bothered with Caden. Terrible character. What were you gonna? I say just like him because he's voiced by Karth. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. So there's a little nostalgia there where I go, oh man, I gotta keep Karth with me, and and it just it's it's nothing about his character. It's just strictly oh, the voice. What about the guy who talks like this? Who's I don't want to say what's happening, but he's the lizard looking dude, the skinny Thane? one, the uh, Thane. Fucking I Doug, love, yeah, I, man. I just I just oh. love Thane's appeal. Yeah, dude, he's he's dope, man. I fucking love Thane. He's so cool. I think when it comes to a game, I don't know if you guys would agree. I feel that they did a pretty good job. All things being said, I know. You know, people can argue about who they love more, but I think when you look at the group of NPCs, uh, sorry, player characters that have been introduced through one, two, and three, they did a really good job compared to a lot of games where you would only remember one character and you'd be like, I can't tell you any name of anybody in Skyrim, not a single one. How dare you? Because I couldn't do the same either. No, I, okay. I, like, I was gonna nah. say I was what gonna about, challenge uh, Lydia? you to tell them even one. Nah, uh, who? The... Lydia. Leah. Lydia. Lydia is your partner oh. that you. That oh, you right, get Babylon Five chick. Yeah, that's I, true. See, oh, for wait. me, and I think it's probably oh, Bethesda's yeah. goal, but it's more so the in Skyrim to me, it's the storylines. Like, I'll talk about the Dark Brotherhood and the things that happened to the Dark. Oh, Brotherhood, right, right. They're not writing it. them to be. Yeah, yeah I don't know if it's the characters different. themselves. I was like, just sort of teasing. No, I know, but I'm just thinking now because I'm me. I'm thinking to myself, huh? There are some I recall, like I think Brynjolf from the Thieves Guild, I liked, but it's because like the Nightingale armor. I just yeah. Bethesda, right. Bethesda knows how to tickle my fancy in a very particular way. I don't know the names of anybody in Outer Worlds, but I can tell you I loved... <gasps> I think I liked all of them. Uh, Pavardi is the only one I know. I don't know any of the... Uh, but I, I liked all those sidekicks. Even though they weren't... We could go forever. I don't want to go forever. I just... I'm really... I'm actually going to revisit Outer Worlds with VR because somebody got a Vorpix VR headset oh, cool. adjustment for it. And I was just... I know that it's you said last podcast or the podcast before that people were starting to hate on it or or it, they've they, I've just they, seen they, an increased critique critique of it. Um, dude, I'm actually sort of the opposite now. Where like the more I look at Outer Worlds, the more I'm like that might be the right way to go. A smaller, in fact, we talked about Kotor, which we'll talk about later. But the what would be the perfect length of Kotor? And the number of people that I got telling me they would much rather have it condensed than huge was 100. percent Dude, because like, here's the thing with these RPGs. The, be in that way. the beauty of Mass Effect, for those who have never played it, is that these games are, you know, one is like 20 hours. It's depending on how right. much you want to sink in. Exactly. Yeah, the, yeah. You know, all these games, I think, cap out at 30 hours. hours. Yeah. And so I think that's the beauty of a good RPG. You don't need these 80-hour behemoths. It's more right. appealing, and it always has been in my lifetime, that you make a 20 to 30-hour RPG that I can go back to multiple times throughout the next two years and just keep replaying it. That's why I love Vampire. I played that twice the year it came out, man. Like I dig the hell out of companies that go with the condensed route. And so, yeah, with KOTOR, you know, we now know that Aspire Media's budget for that game is going to be $70 million, which is a good amount of money, but I don't think that screams to us, oh, they're going to do big, epic, open-world adventure. Exactly. It and seems like good. it'll... Yeah, right, right. And yeah, I mean, see, I, I think with Obsidian, they're in a really tough spot 
and you're right, like we could go on and on, but I'll just say with Obsidian, because I think it's in context of this conversation, they're in a tough spot because with the Outer Worlds, people, I think, liked what was there, but wanted a lot more. And so any fucking game since the Outer Worlds has always been, Obsidian could have done this. What if Obsidian did Cyberpunk? What if Obsidian gets Star Wars? What if Obsidian does Fallout? Like there is so much demand for Obsidian to do everything it's ridiculous. Let's end this conversation on an incredibly high note that I cannot see even you arguing. Wait a minute. Dustin, did you like Cyberpunk? Uh, yeah. I mean, as much as you can. Uh, <laughs> like, n- didn't love it, didn't hate it. 7. No, 5, I, kind of I was enjoying it um, quite a bit, actually, on PC. And then I just decided there's a lot of other stuff. I'm just going to pause and come back. My thought process was going to be to say... My personal belief is if Oblivion had handled Cyberpunk uh, instead of CD Projekt Red and Oblivion had handled it like they did Outer Worlds, we would probably be considering it a classic. And that's just, I, I truly just believe by that. Basic a, kind by, of... If you took the basic way in which Outer Worlds worked, mm-hmm. because dude, Outer Worlds had multiple planets and a city planet, like it did so much more. And I get that the open world is there and the shooting is definitely better, but I think that. Ultimately, let's be real. RPGs to, work better in confined spaces. That's just yeah, kind of you have to pick apart a lot of cyberpunk to get to the good stuff. And we got this big area that's a desert that doesn't really have anything going on. And I think that an ob- uh, obsidian looking at that and saying, let's do cyberpunk, but let's do it this way. Maybe these are five boroughs instead of five p- planets, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe these are five big locations. Because I'm going to tell you guys right now, I don't know about you, but whenever anybody says you don't have to load to go between sections, I'm not always impressed. Because I'm like, well, that's if it's only one time, I'm not going to lose any sleep over that. Like if, yeah. if it's w- like w- this technical striving constantly. Yeah, to exactly. It's almost like a brag, like the balls out kind of thing. And you're like, yeah. well, seriously, well, how many times have you heard you can go anywhere at any time? And I'm like, I can do that in anything. What are you yeah. t- like? That's, that's no longer a selling point to your open world game. So I, my hope is, is that like going back to mass effect and stuff is that what we get is them doing this. And then, I, my big hope is that they learn or that they look at this and say, we can calm things down a little bit on the next Mass Effect. Because what I'm, I do not want Mass Effect 4 to be um, even as big as Andromeda in the spannings. Instead, I want it to be no. more like one, two, and three. Bioware's and- got a, they, they didn't learn with two of their releases with Andromeda and Inquisition, is they just got a fucking quality control their side content. No more their MMO main, shit. Their, yeah, their main content, honestly, like when I went back to Inquisition, there were parts of the story I went, this is really good. This is what I, I like I from Bioware. I am playing it now. I agree. And what happens is then you got a power grind. It's like, oh, God, now I got to fucking work to that Go next back story to the mode. hinterlands. Yeah, and you really do, though. and You do. It, and that's why I, I made a video about Legendary Edition for Dragon Age just as a kind of a, a joke, but just to see what people thought. And a lot of people seem to like the idea. But it's funny that with Dragon Age, I look at Origins and I look at 2, which has its own set of problems. But I look at Inquisition where I go, hey, that could use the most tweaking, really. You know, Imagine if they just power balanced and said, instead of you getting one here, you get four power. And so you get right. to that next story objective a little bit quicker. Because there's a major difference between being out in the hinterlands for another two hours versus half an hour. It's an inconvenience still, but it's way less so. And you can just get to the shit you care about. But yeah, Bioware pretty much, I hope with the next Mass Effect and Dragon Age, which I think is up next after uh, Legendary Edition, uh, I I do think that uh, they just need to quality control that side content more. Just 
give us storylines, not fetch quests. Agreed. All right. Good note to end it on, gentlemen. Let's go ahead and move into a little more Bioware stuff here. So Knights of the Old Republic seems to be receiving a port, one and two. Uh, So this is unconfirmed yet. This information comes through uh, the same source that it reported uh, many years ago that KOTOR was being rebooted slash remade at Bioware. What's up? Oh, me. I was pretending you were the leaker because (laughs) you leaked something and then like 10 months later, somebody pretended it was new. Sorry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just pretending it was you. No, at first I thought I thought I cut out the way you said it. You're like, no, like I heard a question mark. Um, but yeah, this came from the same source, Cinelinks. Uh, Jordan Mason, who's editor in chief there, he tweeted, "Heard some fun game stuff this week. Nothing huge and no real details. Hence a tweet, not a post. You know how Jedi Knight games and Episode One Racer got a Switch slash modern console re-release. Here in Kotor One and Two, we'll get the same at some point this year. Note this will be separate." From the upcoming remake thingy, which would incorporate elements to include it into canon. These would just be straight up upscaled ports. So not much to go off of here, but obviously uh, in my world, this has been long demanded. But I feel if I speak too much, it'll just skew the discussion right off the bat. So, I mean, gentlemen, feel free to, to take it away. Dustin, I mean, are you going to leap in for the port? Will I leap in for the port? Um no, because I want to play this game on PC if I play it. Fucking bastard. Okay. Ba- that's fine. Whoa. That's Excuse fine. Me. You can just not play it. That's fine. No, I'm, I'm Dude, sure the they'll PC upgrade it on is PC. Gonna be, that's where it probably should be played, right? I would say, if yeah, because I don't know if they're going to say... Here's the thing is, I know with KOTOR 2, Aspire did like a whole... They, they worked with the modders to make sure that day one, the restored content mod was there for people on Steam. Uh, so that they could have all of that content and fixes and make it easily accessible. And I'm thinking to myself, imagine if they put that just into the game. They just officially mm. released it with that. So I don't know if they're going to end up doing something along those lines. But right. uh, if not, then PC would probably be the best place to play for sure. sure. Because then you could get that mod on top of all the good stuff. Right. Yeah. I mean, this makes sense. And Honestly, they already did those mobile ports, so clearly they've already been tinkering around in the code. So it's like, how hard is it really to push it over at this point? It just seems like an easy opportunity to make money and marketing synergy if they are going to unveil this, whatever this next KOTOR thing is. Hell yeah. Oh, Oh, man. How exciting. What a great year already. I can't wait, man. I just, I've been long waiting for this. I was thinking, it's really probably been since the 360. Like 20, 2008 is when I got it. And I remember like looking in 2010 is when I found out KOTOR 3 got canceled. And just from there, it's it's been demanded from my soul that something happens to modernize these games. Um, because I think of limited run games and how... They did a limited release for what was the game? Uh, Bounty Hunter, and I think they did one for the, the oh, episode right. one racer. And I'm yeah. like, yo, I'm gonna get a fucking physical copy of Kotor for like a PS4. That's gonna be something else, man. But at the same time, that's of course me, my obvious opinion, Carrick. As you sit there with your your kind of uh, what's that uh, Austin Powers gold member? You're kind of just like Pens- my hmm. pensive look. Yeah. I don't care about any of this. 
I like not these two remakes. I want to make sure we all talking about the same thing. We're talking about the ports here. The remake is dude. I played one and two so many times on PC and with mods and all that stuff. Thank you. um, Fuck you, Maddie. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) And uh, admittedly, it is on first. It is on Xbox, isn't it? Isn't it backwards compat on Xbox anyway? Yeah. What's your point, dude? My point is this. (laughs) You believe that a jet is the same as a fucking paper airplane. Like, I don't think you're going to see much in KOTOR 1 and 2. Yeah, KOTOR 1 and 2's (laughs) reboots, AI upscaling is going to be nothing compared to KOTOR 3. So what you're excited for doesn't excite me at all. (laughs) I look at it, and I'm just like, I've already played it. I've got it on every Android device I own. Mm -hmm. Like, I legitimately think I have that game on everything. So you're going to buy these, right? That's No, because I've already got them. If it was Jade Empire, sure. If it was a good game, yeah, right away. I'm just joking. If it was, but if it was, uh, (laughs) wow. But no, I would love to. I I would love to see Kotor or Jade Empire. That's not actually a joke. But um, these have been made, and I'm happy for that. But I'm much more interested in three than I am in um, in these because I have I've I've had some pretty good mods too in the years that one and two have come out with everything from adding, you know, force powers and stuff. So. It's cool, but I just don't think they're gonna. They can do anything technically to make them look good enough for most people to want to grab them. Mm-hmm. And uh, and since I have played them so many times, and I certainly have no issues with those games, um, I'm sort of sated on one and two. Now, if they remade one and two, remade, oh it would be a different discussion. But for those, no, I'm not in. I mean, See, I'm not the, like the reason. I think it's good is I've been kind of on this game preservation kick. And so for me, this secures that even if this remake or reboot from Aspire sucks ass, you still got these two sitting there that you can go, Hey, they're available to everyone. You can get them on whatever system you want. You can play them back compat. If you want to get the physical copy, you can get them on steam. You can get the mods and, and they're there for you to just enjoy and understand why people liked it. But if the reboot comes out and they're like, oh, it's terrible or oh, it's not as good or it didn't channel the right things in there, um, then it'll actually – I think it, it's good to have that option there. Uh, what's interesting is this tweet also mentions this would be separate from the upcoming remake thingy, which would incorporate elements to uh, include it into canon. So yeah. that would be contradicting what a lot of people, m- myself included, had heard that um, – this could this could be, by the way, High Republic. Um, I wanted to make sure I, I, I specify that because uh, some people were like, it is High Republic. And I was like, no, no, no. I said, right now it's very hush-hush on what direction they're really going in. I assumed, hey, you're not going to spend all this time on Old Republic shit, porting it, just to suddenly say, oh, we're going to do High Republic now, unless Disney really like beat it over their head. Um but, you know, I, I there is the chance that it could go that route, just given how much Disney is pushing it. Um, but we will see. Still very exciting because, uh, you know, some people can take it on the go now. Does that appeal to you? I mean, I guess, right, you said Android. It's already, but... it's already available, yeah, for me. Well, I mean, yeah, so if it's already available for me, what do you even mean? What What is Well, different? I was going to – the way I look at it is I can play KOTOR on my phone. I've played it on my phone, rather. I don't want to, though, because for me – What will I'm gonna change with this? To... It's on your Switch. That's a gaming device. That instead of using your phone, which oh. is used for communication. Just so you know, I didn't hear the Switch part. So this entire time, I've been talking about Switch slash modern consoles. 
yeah, this entire time I've been thinking modern consoles and stuff, not necessarily the Switch. So having it on the Switch is cool. I wouldn't buy it again, but it, that's that's definitely a plus. What about a yeah, platinum I, trophy for Coach? I don't give a fuck about platinum trophy. <laughs> yeah, you're asking I'm just, the wrong person. I'm just poke, there. I'm poking wrong. all the carrot buttons right yeah, now. Wrong. <laughs> yeah, don't poke the bear. Don't poke the bear. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, Maddie. Yeah, not. What's up? During this podcast, I I bought Knights of the Old Republic on Steam. See, there wow, you go. Really? While you were talking. And so there you can you go. install mod. So it's already going to be better than whatever version these dudes make. Exactly. The only thing I'll say, and Moz can already do this, but I thought it was a pain Christ, in the ass. Is, I'm Move just, on. I'm mad. <laughs> I'm fucking hey. I love it. Dude. Just, <laughs> this is the stick and it's in the fucking ground. Okay, go. Wow. All I'll go. say is KOTOR 1 needs widescreen big time. And the mod for that did not uh, work really well for me. True. And so KOTOR that's 2, true. you know, they, they already pretty much did the re-release. They did the achievements, the yeah. 4K support, controller support. As far as I'm concerned, just do KOTOR 1. Call it a day. I get, I get what you're saying. I think the, that HUD support is definitely needed. Definitely needed. And maybe they just do, if you already own the games, you get the free upgrade. That I imagine that'll be a thing. Because if they're just straight upscaled ports. Man. Then, you know, I got to say, I haven't heard you this excited about something in years. You won't shut up about it. You've mm-hmm. continued. You've said, I'll say one more thing. I'll say one more thing twice <laughs> in like two seconds. It's awesome. I'm glad that you, because dude, I can tell you were excited when we started talking about mobile ports and you being excited. You're not a mobile yeah, port person. I, I, yeah. So it's you're, you're cool to hear you that excited about, um, <laughs> about a game because I haven't heard you this excited in a lot. Well, it reminds me of it's, it's Spider-Man. When we started making up our own title oh, the in the middle shit. of the, yeah. oh, <laughs> the, yeah. middle oh, of the podcast, and we suddenly our game was ten times better than whatever yeah. they were going to make. I guess but no, it's... it's cool to hear you that excited. about Yeah, of it. course, I mean, there's awesome. nostalgia there, but I I look back at you know this last year of gaming where um, there were a lot of great games. You know, my favorite game of the gen came out last year. Like Persona is a very special series to me. I adore it. But when Royale. I really look, yeah, Royal, and and, and when I look at the this the the wasteland of game releases and i think to myself you know a lot of things i've been very excited for kind of have burned in one way or another like fallout 4 i still think is a great game but it wasn't the true rpg i wanted cyberpunk i thought was really really great but it kind of came up short in its story choices and it's just i guess a nice sense of security that two things that i know can deliver on those things um, and that i have grown up with and i do like are kind of dropping this year. So I do feel a little more optimistic in general. Um, Cause you know, we, we talked a little bit about this. Uh, I, I don't know if it was defining Duke a couple episodes or was here. It was probably defining Duke, how we kind of don't have right now that, uh, that cyberpunk game, right? That big industry wide hype generator type game that exists and coming out of that, Uh, and reviewing that and stuff i'm very happy we don't it's kind of nice to just look at all the other games and be able to talk about all of them and see everyone excited about all of them um instead of just you know one thing kind of dominating the conversation and so that's That's definitely cool to have a water cooler kind of of title coming i mean because i think kotor when it finally gets up and running and there's even just a for sure it's Mm -hmm. gonna be pretty insane well, that's the other thing is, you know, I don't really have strong trust in Disney. A lot of people are, are ask me, oh, why do you want KOTOR back if, you know, it's Disney involved? And I mean, I look at games like Jedi Fallen Order, even Star Wars Squadrons in the terms of its gameplay. And I, I feel like Battlefront 2, there's been some flexibility there and there's been some really great content where I think to myself that I haven't really, outside of EA making a big blunder at the launch of, of Battlefront 1 and 2, 
Uh, I haven't really been given a real strong, compelling reason to have dire concern, especially now that Lucasfilms has sort of understood, hey, there we could have so much more here that is better as well if we just let people pitch to us. You know, it, it kind of reminds me of the excitement I felt with Spider-Man PS4 with uh, with Insomniac, because to me, that was just a dream, man. That's a perfect match. You know, you got a studio that's known for creative creative gadgets and and good little jokes here or there with a superhero who is known for exactly that little quips and and using technology alongside you know movement which is the core at every insomniac game so yeah it's just a good time long story short but with that i suppose we'll move on to things i'll be a little more level about <laughs> fuck man i don't want to say anything because i don't want you to bring it up again let's move nah. on to the next thing you're so excited that's so bad that's so I love bad it. i love it I nah, want... it's awesome it's awesome what, what's the next what's the next oh thing god it does kind of tie back into it all right so here we go embrace your group i'll do you guys a favor i gotta pee pretty badly so i will list the news and then step out okay. uh so embrace your group has purchased Gearbox for $1.3 billion. They're best known for the Borderlands franchise. Uh, it still says that Take-Two is going to be working with them on an official capacity. And then Aspire Media, the company known for porting KOTOR, as well as I strongly believe, and it's pretty much a guarantee at this point, working on the KOTOR remake reboot, uh, has been purchased for $450 million. Gentlemen, take it away. I'll give the audience a break, as well as you guys. First of all, Maddie says that they're best known for porting KOTOR. I don't think is that accurate? There I mean they they've done a, a lot of port work. Yeah. Like yeah. they did the ports, um they do a lot of Mac ports. I think they did the Mac port for civilization. Um Aspire did? Yeah, I believe so. But I can't um, remember exactly. Let me look up their Wikipedia. I think the cool thing about that company is they're a little lesser known, which is sort of nice. It's not like I, I don't know, there's something sort of Especially, and they're also pretty gung ho about like fans. The idea that he was saying that uh, they got the mod for Kotor two uh, to be all ready when they did the remake of Kotor two, or did the yeah. HD remaster? That's pretty cool. Most companies wouldn't worry about that. What did they got? Did you find? Wow, them? their their list of Mac ports is extensive. Like every Civilization three, four, five, uh, Call oh. of Duty, Modern Warfare two, Modern Warfare three. Rainbow no Six shit. games. The so they're Sims. basically the main. I mean, because Mac doesn't have a, a ton of games compared to PC. I'm, but so what I'm saying is they might Dude, be the premier like port company. Seriously, Battlefield, Borderlands Two, tons of Star Wars games, Guitar Hero, Geometry Wars, Rollercoaster Tycoon, Sim City, Spy Hunter, <laughs> like Spider Man the movie, like just like all across the board. Whether it be um, Bioshock Infinite, there's another big one. So they're like. The king of oh, Mac ports. ports. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. That'll be, which also bodes well for whatever game they're making, knowing that it'll be on everything. You know, they even do be- ports. They've done ports for Linux. They did these uh, PlayStation 4 port of Jedi Knight 2, which is a fucking awesome game. Better than Kotor. Uh, <sighs> Observer. Man, I, uh, <laughs> I had to throw that in there just for you, Matt. I don't even know if that's true. Man, they are not ridiculous. They, uh, they, like they're definitely i mean they are known for kotor but i would say that reading that they should they're technically more known for being the go-to mac port they even yeah. uh, let's see like windows platform here too i mean again just a long list of games here wow yeah more they do than a I lot thought. of ports yeah 
I mean, the only thing I'll say, the only thing I've had, we already talked about, but that was that, you know, if you look at the 80 million, you do have to, you know, that doesn't supposedly include 40 and 40 for the, for the PR, but 80 just for the game. That's actually not a huge amount. I broke it down with multiple games that have been made, including the original resistance shooter, which, uh, not, not home for, or the original home front, uh, not home front mm, resistance, but the original really was game. already $50 million. Yeah. And so that's a the price, it, it, it sort of scares you. You look at it and you're like borderlands 34 million in 2009 or 11. I can't remember, but I was, I was running these numbers going, Whoa, $80 million. When you, when you consider the polish you want, but I think we've talked, I think as we've talked here about Outer Worlds and we've talked about all this stuff, if they do give you a good solid title without a ton of just like, you know, that almost Rough. RPG simulator kind of stuff these days, where it's like fucking slay 60, you know, tauntauns and skin them and wear their skins and take them to a trader. If they don't do that stuff, I think, uh, I think 80 million might work. It just also depends on we're accustomed to the hub based you go to five planets like remember all of bioware's games in the past were the same thing the hub and then going to five places whether it be hinterlands whether it be a place in kotor jade empire they were all the same we don't know if that's what they're going to do here maybe they have three big ones you know and they're like instead of you know go because remember when you would go in kotor and you'd go and you sort of could tell they were all the same you would land at the port and it was like there was an exit and you would exit the port and then there was a place to go and you did this huge you know circle and maybe you took an extra path here or there but you just had quests along the way it really wasn't level wise crazy at all it wasn't even really that that dramatically good level wise maybe they do something where it's you know just one or two big places worry about getting good voices i think we all expect that's another thing disney regardless main character if, Regardless if the game is good or bad, I think most people consider Disney to make sure that their voices are good. So even in Infinity, I don't know if you guys know, but like Disney Infinity 2 had Star Wars. Like that was actually really good. There were some ripoff voices as well as the real actors. Um, I don't know. The 80 million does, it still causes me a moment, like this weird, that seems odd, but also Embracer Group Bottom. Who knows? Maybe this means, you know, there's more. You guys saw that meeting yesterday, though, right? Or no, I think Maddie put it in his video mm-hmm. when the guy's talking and Lars is like, <clears throat> yeah, and he's, he's all shit eating the whole I, I time as he's talking about, about it. the big IP we're working on. Uh, Lars obviously has enough money to fund 55 KOTOR games. Yeah. So if they decide that all of this work was to basically hedge a fucking KOTOR game, they could put 300 million in it and not skip a beat so they bought gearbox they bought three companies in one day <laughs> i know right that mobile company is more money than any of us will see in a million lifetimes times a million lifetimes did you see how much that mobile company was that they bought did you look at that maddie no i, they bought I a didn't mobile... catch that one so they on the same day they bought the, they bought gearbox and somebody else and they bought a mobile company for 850 million the same hell? day so, yeah so they, spent, right they spent two billion dollars in a day in one day yeah Dude, we were talking about this on Sacred. Imagine how Insomniac feels right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, Holy crap, 500 million, right? Deal, hold on, I'm trying to remember. You know the how Insomniac, much they, Oh, yeah, that's right. The Insomniac deal is was like way less money 
than Gearbox. And like, is anyone arguing that Gearbox is a better team than Insomnia? No, nope. yeah, no, no, no. It's no, just no. the value yeah. of the Borderlands IP, I think. But I don't know, man. Really? I mean, Easy Brain. I... They bought Easy Brain, six hundred and forty million yesterday. Dude, they paid. Sony bought Insomniac for two hundred and twenty-nine mil. <laughs> so that's good that he brought that up because you were saying those numbers wow. and as you were saying them, you're saying sort of flippantly, you're like 480 fucking blah, 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 60. Those are millions, like millions and millions of dollars. It is crazy how much Embracer and again, 211 IPs, 62 companies now, 62 companies. 10,000 employees. Yeah, I mean, I don't mean to bring sports really into it, but it's it's kind of like a free agent market. You know, one guy will get, you know, like a, a pitcher will say, oh, I want 40 mil. He'll get paid 40 mil. And other pitchers will be like, well, if he got 40 mil, then you... Exactly. I, I was originally asking 25, but I kind of want 30 now. took the deal too soon, right? So, Insomniac yeah, they took the deal like, hey. too soon. They were independent for two decades. And then you've got right. Bethesda who comes and gets $7.5 billion. There's no coincidence everyone's selling off now because they're all like... From software, do you guys think, you know, Sony gave them whatever they gave them yesterday. Again, I can't remember, but they did do the stock thing. Do you guys think, like, I just feel like if they don't pick up from, it just feels to me like embrace somebody huge will and be like, dude, I, because at some point hey, the Ellen money ring was at the Microsoft conference. All I'm saying. It, <laughs> well, knows? true that, true that. No, that's absolutely that's absolutely. You right. you gotta wonder if Sony is looking like okay, maybe we need to tie things up with fr from software before. That's what Microsoft I was saying. Microsoft does, yeah. even though maybe they're not really interested because they've embraced See, they they've talked weird. about how Sony specifically has this idea of building studios up internally instead of just buying big studios. But you got to wonder if this is a situation where they're like, fuck, Bloodborne is like huge. In, you know, the PS4 generation is good. Well, it's one of the games that's like people will be well, talking Jack's about. sort of a liar anyway, since Insomniac built itself up on its own, including an Xbox game. Like that's that's typical. That's usually just typical, you know, PlayStation I think that it, I, I don't know. Maybe off. that's the the sentiment going forward because was he i mean was sean layden still in charge when they bought insomniac don't know i don't i want to say remember yeah. we were talking about that though the tweet insomniac tweet in, in the in the chat dustin about like when he left one single tweet about oh, yeah, sean the one for uh and, for sean layden yeah for sean layden who man i still think something weird happened there i oh it definitely did it is it, it, uh, you know who well, knows what that is but the the i feel like i don't know to me it has to do with the fact of the restructuring in the fact that they change i'm trying to think what it was is they changed they to dropped global... japan pretty much that like yeah. japan and it, it focused on united states and uk right i mean over, right overall yeah i'm trying yeah. to remember that basically like it was like because he was the head of I can't remember because they did restructure. <laughs> if you mean his job, yes, they restructured. Yeah, because when Jim came in, they did restructure that entire thing as well. Yeah, so he was right. more in charge of more more things. But yeah, it's just it's 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 weird when you look at it, like how that all happened. But that's beside the point. Embracer huge. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, to me, Embracer's huge. There were rumors about Ubisoft, Microsoft buying Ubisoft. When you look at those prices and then you look at Bethesda prices, one of the things you're starting to see also is Embracer traded stock. I don't know if you guys saw this. Only of these deals, one of the weird ones was Gearbox. They gave them 50% via stock. 
which means everybody now, everybody at the company now owns Embracer or stock. What I'm wondering is, you know, do you start seeing, and then Sony did that with From, you know, do you start seeing these companies doing this thing where they merge? Because did you guys notice the PR statement as well for Embracer? They stated they bought one company, but look at the statement for the other two. It says they have co-joined or they have, uh, there was a weird statement like they have uh, almost like merged. Mm. And it was on Reddit. And even people on Reddit were like, whoa, I've never seen that language before. And so with all these huge guys grab, grabbing That's everything up. You know it is. Well, I'm just saying with all these, like like Dustin said, Sony buys Insomniac and then everybody's looking around. Embracer's been doing this for a while. Now Microsoft's doing it. Well, I think PlayStation PlayStation's in a weird spot because you got Bluepoint, who people want them to wrap up and just be like, get them now. They Which made one, a Bluepoint? They did Demon Souls remake, Shadow of the Colossus Last remake. Guardian? No, Last Guardian was... Oh, Who's last Guardian? That was um, Team Eco. Yeah. Sort oh, of. Okay. Gotcha. What was gotcha. left of Team Eco in, yeah. Japan, in uh, Japan Studio? I just feel like they're in a really weird position where people, their fan base definitely, I don't think they have to, but they want them to respond to Xbox buying out all of Bethesda and kind of joining this buying war. I'm sure that they are looking. I can't imagine when you get like eight developers in total ripped out from under you, you're relatively pleased no matter how well your company's doing. And then... Is Bluepoint Blue Point one you work on a on a uh, like a second party capacity with for the most part, right. or or do you do you buy them outright, or do you go after someone big like a a Ubisoft or a Capcom, and you just get you get them a Square Enix is really I can imagine possible as well. They seem pretty buddy buddy. You know, do you see them go after someone like that? I feel like PlayStation is in such a weird spot because they've really puffed their chest out and flexed all of their success. But then you see someone on the other side of the competition, uh, even Embracer in this case too, is kind of even though they're not a console distributor, you know they're they're eating up companies. Gear, Gearbox is a good get for anybody because you know you you get Gearbox, you get Borderlands, and that no matter how much I wasn't a fan of Borderlands three, that is a money printer. So I got a question for you guys. Um, <clears throat> Google, which I, you have on your list to talk about, Stadia. I do not. I do not. So Stadia went away. Uh, their right. first party completely was gutted. And I don't know if you guys know this, but the prior day, Bohemia uh, Interactive had a guy who quit. Bohemia is one of my favorite developers, Arma, stuff like that. He quit. And the day prior to this announcement, he was saying, man, our first studios, our first party studios at Stadia have a ton of cool sh- stuff to show. And then the next day, first party studios are destroyed. I'm wondering where those guys go. Because I can guarantee you that there is going to be at least a couple companies formed from the massive amount of people that left Stadia in one day. And so what I've been wondering as well is like, will you hear of Embracer Group making? Will you hear Microsoft? Will Sony do it? Um, Like there's a lot of, and even though none of us are impressed with Stadia, I would say from a technology standpoint, we don't know what games they were working on, what talent they had. So there's a lot of people who just entered the market as of yesterday too. Because I know I saw my LinkedIn just go nuts because people had applied their link their changes to their resumes. So that's another thing. Like that's another big company. By the way, we lost a company technically. Google. Well, did we get? Do you guys think Google, since they said they're going to switch to third party only, do you think Google will join this fray and start buying buying things? I think they're phasing out. In my opinion. I feel they like Google, said, Google's an instant, instant gratification style company. It's how they've always operated. And I think this is just, they tried it. didn't really work right off the bat. I think if they stuck with it and listened a little bit closer, they could have had something. 
but they didn't. And so I think they're just going to phase it out over time. And well, I think that they said that part of their new strategy is selling Stadia tech to other companies. Yeah, right. So honestly, I think that Stadia, you know, even without the first party, Stadia as we know it right now, the days are numbered. Yeah. Yeah. Before they remember, just start, Amazon's like, out there with Luna. Right. And I think that also, you know, Stadia may be looking at like, well, or Google may be saying like, well, we have the Stadia tech. Maybe we can sell it to Electronic Arts and then Electronic Arts can sell streamable versions yeah. of their game from an EA service or Effective. whatever it's called. Yeah, um, true. EA Access. EA Play yeah. now is no, what that's it's a good. That's a good point. Yeah. Right. Do you want to do that, though, if EA Plays rolled into Game Pass and does Microsoft say, hey, just use xCloud? Right. They that might, was just a random example. Gonna be no, I, no yeah, I think it's a great example. Sorry, I didn't mean to like sound like a nit, nitpick there, but I just was thinking to myself afterwards, huh, like, does Microsoft just end up being kind of like the person who just drops the gate at the entrance and goes, nope, you're not getting in unless you use xCloud. Mm. Microsoft, everything that I've heard, Microsoft has no requirements on any deals. I just think EA that? would look hey, at here's the cost. money. <laughs> EA would look at the cost and say, does it behoove us to buy the tech versus just go with somebody we've now dealt with? Remember, EA and Microsoft have worked together now <sighs> for Game Pass for like five years. It's obviously not like suddenly magically going bad. But I will say Amazon just stated, I don't know if you guys saw, but Bees knows or whatever his name is, he's leaving. And he's being replaced by Bezos? somebody who... Bezos, he stated, the replacement yesterday stated they have absolutely no... Um, like desire to leave gaming, even though they've had Crucible, which came and went and got canceled, and they have their shitty new MMO. You know, do you see them start looking? I mean, especially because they can't continue to just make shitty games. Crucible cost them a hundred million, so it's like, what do you do? Well, hundred million they probably make that in a small double A, right? But they could also say, why lose it? Why not buy a yeah. small double A company for a hundred million? And what I was getting at was it seems like the big players have popped up quick is what I was saying it, mm -hmm. out of nowhere. It's like Embracer. We sort of saw coming Vivendi. We all worried about the Vindy's like snuck off Tencent. Everybody worries about, but uh, there's course. a lot of these big players, man, that hold Tencent a lot put of a major uh, investment in someone who was it recently. Was it, oh, was it, um, was it focus home or don't not? What was it? It uh, was don't nod, don't, which is don't nod is so weird. Yeah. Because I think I mentioned this on Sacred Symbols. Sorry for any double listeners, but like, Don't Not is such a progressive company in how they write the yep. stories of their games. And it's like Tencent in China and progressive messages are do not mix. So it's a money deal, man. <laughs> it's a money deal. You hope that it's a money deal if you're part of that Sounds company like and, and you better hope that they don't come knocking at your door and saying, like, hey, we need to make some creative changes. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, don't fuck with the next Vampire game, man. That shit's going to be awesome. Hopefully. Oh, God, please don't screw with that. After Werewolf not being awesome. That's what I'm saying, right? I mean, I'm trusting that game will happen because Focus Home was pretty open. Hey, half a million, we're a success. A million, we'll do another. And it sold way beyond a million. I think it's at two. Yeah, I'm pretty I sure say... I just saw it just hit two or something like that. Maybe it was one. Yeah. So I imagine that is due in a couple of years and... I'm curious to see what they do with that game. Did you know Vampire only costs seven? Or we talk about this. I'm getting overlapped because uh, I can't remember. Se uh, Vampire only costs seven million. Greedfall seven million. Greedfall so, was seven million. Listen to this, really? Maddie. That's wow. exactly my response. Wow. Even though I know it's got jank, my uh, response is what changed my original thought about 
Aspire getting only 80. Because I was like, well, wait a minute. If Greedfall, Greedfall's janky, don't get me wrong. But I'm saying, mm. if that's your level, what if you tripled that to 21 million? I mean, dude, that turns into a game. Great. <laughs> right. Can you imagine that game with 21 million? Like, then mm. you'd start getting some some high level. The cutscenes were a little rough. So you'd start getting super high level of that. You could, yeah. So it's, dude, it's a really interesting time. I think it also just depends really on, on talent management and, and, oh, of course. Just because some it. companies you get overwhelmed, like that's the one thing yeah. I'm afraid of with Obsidian is they've kind of always worked on their own little thing on the yeah. side. Yeah, yeah. It's even with New Vegas, you can tell it's an amazing RPG, but that's not a big budget game. Like, um, I just at least from what I can see, I don't know its actual budget, so I shouldn't speak as matter of fact. But what I'm saying is, Obsidian definitely was not like a top tier AAA developer like they are being touted as now. And I'm I'm feeling confident with their future because the Outer Worlds kind of stomped out one of their biggest critiques, which is bugs. The Outer Worlds was re- relatively bug free, um, and that was pretty surprising to see. It was just something I worry about with them, where there is that. I, I when I interviewed the people from Pandemic, uh, I kind of shined a light on there is this thing called growing too fast, where they took on too many things, got too much money in, tried to do eight different things, and then they just collapsed, and that was it. They were just they were one of the most successful companies and they immediately got shut down because they just, they blew their load, man. And so I just hope that uh, with these companies that do get that large influx of cash that uh, it's handled properly. Like I imagine I can't, I can't see after Greedfall, I can't see spiders being a a company that just remains uh, uh, like a lower budget team for much longer. I feel if, if steel rising, their next game is, is good and well received someone's going to want to either just buy them from fucking focus home straight up or buy out focus home and, and give them a lot more cash to play with. But we'll say one thing about a little negative here that surprised me, but I think we all agree on this. I don't know how many games from these guys he's covered, but I will say the one thing that if I were a company who just got purchased by embracer, I would be deathly afraid of is their shit ass, terrible, unbelievably unacceptable PR. It's the worst PR. Darksiders came out. No one knew. Gen- Darksiders Genesis came out. No one knew. Their PR <laughs> is abysmal. It is the worst PR I've ever seen. No one knows about their games coming out. That yeah. is the one thing. And he stated, I don't, Maddie and I've talked about this. He stated in his document, he's like, our plan is to not spend a bunch of money. Like he had some comparison. He's like, if this come, if they spend, you know, a hundred million to make, 200 million we have no problem spending 1 million to make 2 million or something it was a huge dump and Mm. i was like well guess what a lot of that is pr and they are terrible terrible at it like i was i did a review and people are like this game's coming out and that is not what you want to hear look at werewolf nakon is not great i but that video is doing tremendous because or people actually wanted to know if that game was good because they had seen review or uh, previews for it. They'd actually seen stuff. Darksiders Genesis, man. That game, by the way, was good. People just didn't even know it existed. They I think didn't you say know the same Darksiders for Darksiders 3. 3. Yeah, Darksiders 3 I wasn't a fan of, but I know a lot of people liked it, and that didn't get <clears throat> really didn't get any anybody, attention. Like any, yeah, and these guys need to not just factor. buy. They need to support their... That's uh, why... Um, that's why... I, not to spin this back to Xbox, but I think that's why so many teams are a huge fan of Game Pass. It's that kind of like if that's I were to ever launch a game, in. yeah, if I were ever to launch a game, I'd hundred percent do Game Pass day one. It just people like the idea of free shit, even if you're paying for Game Pass, it's something you pay for. The idea of something being added in there, it just gets people talking. 
and it keeps your game relevant longer. So yeah, I'm sure we'll see more embracing of that. Pardon the pun. Embracing. That's twice, yeah. dude. You can't use Someone the same pun twice. You said it on Wednesday. Damn you, dude. Did I really? You absolutely did. And I even called you on it. I was like, ooh, good <laughs> pun. And you're like, ha Can't use it twice. Oh, uh, I'm such a Question for you guys, though. When you see all of these, especially these big companies, do you think a Nintendo maybe? Well, I yeah, I'll leave that in there. Do you think a Nintendo or a Sony now not is the punchback shit. I don't believe in that. But now is looking at, like we said, from. Do you guys actually think this causes them to look at it closer and go, should we pick up from? Or do you mm. think that they're just still like, hey, you know, our shit's awesome. I feel like I feel like you look at the portfolio of companies. Here's the thing. Sony's actually shut down a lot over since like the Vita. And yeah. I, you know, I know some of them, like, like I think Sony... Cambridge was one that got closed. I'm trying to remember. There was there's so many ones, but they, they closed at least three since I want to say 2012, 2013. And they have they you know, Insomniac was surprising to me more so because they actually bought someone. Uh so you could look at their set of teams like a Santa Monica, Insomniac, and so on, and go, hey, we're we're pretty set, but I don't think bringing a new member to the family would be a bad idea. I feel like they should be hungry to do something like that. Their their biggest enemy is complacency this generation. They've got the team and the talent and the stuff. It's about just resting too hard on that. You know, that's why people are big on Xbox because we haven't really seen what the fuck they're going to do with it, but they're aggressive and people like that because then you hope your competition responds. So following that belief, I hope PlayStation does what about knock you? on someone's door. I feel that's like, what? I don't know. I just don't know from... There's such, you know... Independent. They're such a beloved team at this point. They won Game of the Year with their last release, and every time they have a game out, it's a big event. I mean, they with uh, with uh, Sekiro, they partnered with Activision, um, which is kind of odd, but it's clear that it's like, hey, there's a lot of money to be made here. And you got to wonder, it's like Microsoft bought Bethesda, which we're pretty sure was struggling behind the scenes, right, based on many games underperforming. Right. And so you got to wonder if what the price of a company like from software who is just releasing yeah. banger after banger year after year, creating games that are always on game of the year lists every year, every or every every time they release a game. So it's one of those things where I don't know if Sony could reasonably afford from software i don't i mean obviously they could probably but they don't have the type of cash that microsoft has i feel like if they did buy them it would be like at a it's one of those things where it's like you said like maddie was saying that sony may or may not even be you know they ha already have so many teams they've got the talent yeah. buying from i feel like would be a measure to make sure no one else buys them first yeah mm -hmm. which i just don't know if they realistically can do because like look I would say that From is way more valuable than than Gearbox, right? And how much was Gearbox? Uh, Four point three uh, billion. One point three billion billion <laughs> yeah. for Gearbox, <laughs> and they they're okay. Before fucking Borderlands three, they released Battleborn. One point three billion. Yeah. From I software is, is fetching at least that much. So. 
it's obvious they knew what Aspire was working on because they talked about it yesterday or a couple days ago in their announcement. Do you mm-hmm. think there's the possibility then that at that high price, perhaps we're not talking about Borderlands? That's one of the things I was talking about in my podcast is I was like, that is an extraordinary amount of money. And I get that Borderlands is big, but three did not set the world on fire did, from what that I know of. So is it possible that there's something else going on at at Gearbox? Some Hold other title here is it Borderlands. could be because IP part of the purchase. I don't know if it's like sole ownership, but it, it could be because here's the thing is Bethesda's price tag is high because of all the studios they have and the games that they own. But at the end of the day, I think it made a lot more sense when you saw, hey, there's also an Indiana Jones game coming and it's likely to be. Exclusive. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering, so, too. I'm wondering if Embracers the, saw something I that we're not. Right yeah. yeah, that we're maybe not seeing um, with because that's a lot of money. One point two billion. And I didn't even think about that until he brought up that, you know, Borderlands three. I don't know how well it did, but I can tell you critically it didn't do incredibly great Had a lot of technical issues, a lot oh, of God, people having did. issues and returns. And I'm I just yeah. don't see billions being involved in that. And so is it possible that they are looking at IPs, for example, I'm not saying this is happening. But would it be crazy as fuck if there was a KOTOR game and then Gearbox made a shooter, like a Republic Commando oh, God. 2, and it was Gearbox? <laughs> I'm just saying. So, so on this IGN article, it says 2K will still publish Borderlands despite Gearbox takeover. Yeah. So it's probably more so, to it. It's got to be. But that doesn't, that's not the IP. That's the publishing rights, which are different. True. Either so way, you though... Can, yeah. Either way, it's too much, right? Is that? It's, I think that's what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> or like seems, that seems like a 700, 800 million type deal. Not like there's something in there that's added that's put a couple hundred million on the on the board for them. Right, and I think that overall, we're just seeing right now they a lot of these companies are being bought for an inflated price. I like, agree. I like agree. Bethesda, well, how much the the 7. the number five billion seven point five? They're not worth that. Yeah, they're not. I'm. I Do think you know, that, and Justin, this is something Colin oh, has said: is that it's just like Bethesda probably was not for sale, but when someone comes in with seven point five billion dollars, anything's for sale. And just to be clear, that's something Colin said. I don't want people to think I'm stealing his takes, but I think it's true. And so now yeah. you see, you see a deal like that. You see Gearbox. You see who was the? I'm trying to think of the other. They aspire, ones. aspire. Oh, yeah. The other big ones. Yeah. Well, and the uh, the Codemasters deal was so yeah. high because it was a you know a comp- competition between what was it two K and it's a bidding war, yeah, a bidding yeah. war. Mm-hmm. So right now mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. the prices on these studios is across the board way way higher because again look at Insomniac from what was it last year or the year before whenever and that was like yeah. you look at that now and it's like. Damn, Christ, Sony got yeah, a fucking got, deal. Yeah, they robbed them. They robbed them. You big know, time. another thing this could all mean too is that it because I agree. When you look at the price, you're like, wait, what? Admittedly, there's some IPs for Bethesda or a ton of IPs in the behind the scenes, you know, that Microsoft may see. But I would agree with all this because I do believe that all of them are gearing up for one last. It feels like at least one last hurrah, mm. and. It, it's certainly when you look at Embracer, they're third party, right? Because they're not going to really be exclusive. Um, and he's an investment firm guy, which means inherently Embracer Group will probably sell. Embracer Group 
is a he is not a business um i don't know what the term would be he is not a guy who wants to sit like a grandpa on top of his business in fact i don't know if you guys know he's owned thq nordic twice he ran it into the ground and bankrupted it when he was in his 20s and then bought it for one dollar when the other company that had bought it failed and he bought it for one buck he bought his trademark back doing well now yeah, they're doing great, and he learned, and that's what you should do. But Embracer Group is an investment group, meaning it won't just be there. They will sell things off. They will move things around. Um, I'm wondering if it's just one big hurrah, you know, where it's like we got streaming coming. We have – this is going to be a major battle for everything. I mean, because I had forgotten about Codemasters. But, like, some of these purchases, you're all – seriously? Where I mean, where's here's, where are the where are the numbers coming from? Yeah, it just like I said, I, I you know, it kind of reminds me of sports in the way where I I feel like oh because the, there's the, been so many years of free agency, you know, it's kind of an expected you hit this much uh, at an average or you hit this many home runs, like you should be in this ballpark area. Because we're kind of new to this influx of just lots of studio acquisitions, I think you're seeing a lot. Maybe just even with uh, Embracer buying Gearbox, maybe there's nothing on the table. They just shot way high, and that was it. Um, I think you're just we don't have that gauged like you've produced this banger and these like homeworld. OK, like it's like you should be sitting here um, and maybe it's that some of these companies go, well, we're fine. We don't need you. We're open to selling. And they're like, well, wait, we really want you. And then they give them that more money. You know, it's bargaining at its finest, I'd say. I was looking at the PlayStation Studios that it closed because I knew I wasn't going crazy. Uh, they've closed three UK studios over the last generation. Guerrilla Cambridge in 2017, Evolution in 2016, and then Manchester VR last year. So PlayStation has closed a lot, and then they only bought recently Insomniac. So I would say they're trying to be efficient, and maybe they're going to do a little shopping. With yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. We shall see. Last bit of news. Hitman 3 roadmap. So Hitman 3, already one of the very bright spots of this year, in my opinion. More content on the way. IO Interactive has revealed the February roadmap for Hitman 3, which kicks off with the Baskerville-Barney escalation contract in the Dartmoor level. The goal here is to eliminate the entire Carlisle family and make each murder look like an accident. Featured contracts on the Dubai level will arrive on February 11th, courtesy of a video and podcast show, MinMax. Uh, IO Interactive says that you can expect to use plenty of bananas in these contracts. The Sinbad stringent escalation contract will also be added on February 18th and will take place in Dubai. Unlike other escalation contracts, these missions will feature Agent 47 practicing his throwing knife skills against boxes that have been arranged throughout the level, each with, uh, with each slain cube containing some sort of surprise. The second round of featured contracts will bring players back to Dartmoor, each mission having been created by the crew at Kind of Funny. Uh, owners of Hitman 3's Deluxe Edition will have two exclusive escalation missions on February 23rd, which also reward those players with unique items. The uh, Gachito Antiquity on the Mendoza map will add the Guru Suit, a Emetic Poison Syringe Pen, and an Emetic Grenade to Agent 47's arsenal once those missions have been completed. Uh, the Prolof Parable uh, takes place on Hitman 3's uh, Carpathian Mountains level and transforms Agent 47 into a ninja who has to work his way through the level uh, in its very first escalation mission. The risk is worth the reward, though, as players can earn a white shadow ninja outfit, which looks sick, by the way, a custom Siger, if I'm saying that right, 300 silent sniper rifle, and a white katana. Lastly, 
Hitman 3's first elusive target mission will arrive uh, February 26th and will run until March 8th. The Deceivers take place in the first Hitman's Sapienza level, and you'll be tasked with eliminating two targets. This will be the type of content that players can expect in Hitman 3 as outside of a possible remix of existing stages. IO Interactive has no plans to add new levels to the world of Assassination Sandboxes. So that information comes from GameSpot. Gentlemen, did you like what you heard? Are you excited for a little more? That was a lot. My brain turned off halfway through. I understand. I don't know. IO Interactive. I don't know. (laughs) Reach out to us. We will give you either the Mr. Manny Plays or the Last Stand Media. We we can be part of this roadmap. We'll make the Escalation missions. Mm. Okay? Hit us up. Because I want to do it. I think that would be awesome. Dude, oh, I you mean where that. you you do the mission and then Car- like Carrick would make you kill a fucking kid. <laughs> uh, oh, dude, I would. No, but um, I mean everything about Hitman Three is awesome. So all of that stuff is great. I like yeah. the idea of the ninja, but I that's so many words and stuff. My I I can't track and no, I, I think I, yeah, it's just, I was going to simplify it. mountains, so that's cool. Yeah, that um, needed more for sure. Isn't you it? get a white uh, white ninja shadow sword. ninja outfit? What, oh, sorry, and, and katana. I was just going to oh, yeah. say, isn't it? It's there's a min max and a kind of funny mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Hit us Yo, up. I'll, I'll put media. a tweet we'll out. Happen. I'll put a tweet out. Yeah. Wait, what are we yeah. talking about? I heard kind of funny. So, I thought you were saying something was kind of funny. No, no, they're they're partnering with min max and kind of funny to do like they create the escalation missions and then everyone can play it. Yeah. Interesting. So I'm saying. Interesting. Well, then they should definitely review the next game. <laughs> oh. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, did I, they I, review it? To be fair, I don't know. If, did they do a review for something like that? Piece of their content in my entire life. Oh, oh um, fuck. I would say when it comes to Hitman, the one thing that I'm really excited about is the exclusive missions. But I don't know how you beat Nick. Uh, what was his name? Gary Busey. So do you do like, I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger or something? Like, I I want him to get a big personality for mm. the next one. That's what I'm. Mm. That's what I'm hoping. See, for. I'm kind of new to who the two were. I'm kind of new to Hitman, and it's like post-launch content. So these elusive oh. targets—they're like new people you take out on the map with their own kind of. Maddie, they're not only that; they're usually movie stars, B movie stars. I know so they like, had like a was it a James Bond? Sean Bean. Sean Bean. Sean Bean is in there. He dies all the time, but also Gary yeah. Busey, crazy yeah. ass, incredibly fucking nutbar Gary Busey. And you follow him, but it's Gary Busey. He doesn't pretend not to be Gary Busey. Uh, and you have to follow him and figure out how to kill him. They're awesome. They're awesome. And it's a, okay. a perfect way. Kevin Sorbo from Hercules. I say go out and get the fucking, you know, get some, get Eddie Murphy, man. Get some people out there. <laughs> get Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart loves video games. Get Kevin Hart to do one. And you have to kill him while he's on stage, you know, as a comedian. Those kind of things are are what Hitman has that no other game yeah. right now has, which is a current, they're able to tap into what is actually going on currently around. And they haven't, other than Gary Busey, because he was on that TV show, The Apprentice. Um, other than that, they haven't, they haven't, I and Sean Bean, who's died in everything. That was the joke. Um, I would just love to see, love to see some crazy B actors in that. You know what, love who it. I want, what I think would be really funny is, um, in the uh, the level that's like the nightclub in Hitman Three, yeah, I want like a Post Malone. Imagining like <laughs> you know the like an, uh, a musical artist or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. that's that's very. That's the one with the rave anyway, right? Because he's already got the rave anyway. 
Right. Isn't that the like, one? He's done, he's done DJ stuff and stuff right, like that. But I mean, he could, it could be him performing mouse. at the concert and then yeah. like or something like that when you come in. But I just feel like he would be cool because he's so unique. You know, he's got the face tats and stuff like that. And it's it, it would and he's into video games and stuff. He's a cool dude. So I feel like That'd make it cool. happen. Post Malone. I agree. I absolutely agree. Mission. I think I, I think those kind of things that's what hitman's about and dude it wouldn't surprise me because they surprised the hell out of me with getting gary Busey. like it's it, it because that's sort of an inside joke like they definitely know the zeitgeist of the world so it'll be it'll be cool to see who these two people are these first two people like are they twins mm-hmm. are they the kardashians they won't be but i would flip a biscuit if they were like <laughs> exclusive targets the kardashians i would <laughs> it would be the end of the world for me man that would be so good yeah, man, I, I would dig that. I, uh, I'm i excited for this because I've just never experienced it before. But long story Very short, because I know that was a lot of info, uh, some new weapons, some new gadgets that you can unlock, a couple new missions to run through, kind of repurposing the map in different ways uh, for you to acquire. And so for me, <clears throat> more time spent in this game is good news. It's yes. It's one of the rare times. I can't speak on the game, of course, but I'm reviewing Persona 5 Strikers. But I do keep thinking about Hitman 3, just because Hitman 3 is that good. Can't I emphasize it enough? So, yes, more coming to that game. We'll, we'll talk about it down the line, of course. And now, patron questions as we wrap up the show. So, like I said, if you guys want to sign up, you want to support the show, patreon.com slash plays. You can submit your questions if you desire, and uh, we'll answer them. So long as they're not extremely ridiculous. All right. Let's fire open this section here. Man, I don't even know where we got to start with this. Because I, I, I did. I, I guess I would be the only one who would know, right? You would be the only yeah, one. I Maddie. would be the only one who knows, right? Okay. 3D audio Atmos, right? That was a tech question. Yeah, we got that one. Yeah. All right. All right. Here we go. Yep. This, this I'm Valen guy reflected on his life. Okay, here we go. Chris Cozy writes in, Have you ever started to believe something because you saw it in a video game? I started believing in aliens when I first played Mass Effect and read into the lore of the Mass Relay in Contact War, and I just thought to myself, yeah, that could happen. E. Because <laughs> he wrote Y-E-A. So I'm like, yeah. I love it. E. Not like, happen. yeah, that could happen. He's like, yeah. You guys ever buy into something? That, I don't know. I'm, I'm able to separate reality and fiction chris Hmm. i think you're off your rocker right now but that's just my take nothing in a game has has really let me to led me to believe yeah i mean if we're talking like that like yeah this could happen like i think of fallout all the time like yeah that could yeah just that fuck it nuke let's just let's just launch him sure see always is it i get the the point of the question i just it's so my gut reactions think of in games i'm like this would never happen like Mm -hmm. hitman i'm thinking i'm like this is a zero realism game because the whole point of the game <laughs> is like learning on his head. <laughs> yeah. Well that, and I'm just like, Oh, so like you knocked this guy out and stole his clothes, even though that person saw you three seconds ago. Now right. they believe. You and it's for, like, you, you learn let some of that go. Yeah. Right. And the point, like it, it's, you know, the gameplay is king here. It's, you're not playing Hitman for a realistic, uh, you know, assassination game, but, um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of something that would then lend me to believe to be real. I mean, the idea like, is oh, games are not supposed happen. to mimic reality. 
<laughs> Otherwise, they're kind of boring. What about you know? that? Uh, we brought this up earlier, but Homefront. I mean, like the idea of like a a like North, Korea, North American right? takeover from a foreign country. I mean, Those games were way better than they had a right to be. Too, I think. Yeah. Did you like the Revolution? I, I think it was called the uh, like the newer one. Was, yeah, like the newest one. I, I forgot. I think it's by like Code Busters or something or Damn Busters. I, uh, I actually ended up liking it way more than I thought, and I did a walking the walk on it actually because the tech that up because crazy. I remember playing that for four hours and not really digging it. Yeah, but. you did. I've never played them. Talked about it. Um, it's the one where you can have the transformable guns, which I thought was awesome. So, like a real M, like if you have a real assault rifle, most of them can switch out barrels pretty quickly. So what mm. the game built on was not only switching out a barrel, but like switching it out to a completely not completely mm. different. Gun somewhat different gun and it really made the game snap it was awesome plus i sure the setting being awesome missions. so you could just be like in the discord i'd just be like hey guys anybody want to play you can have up to eight people and it, but it's it's like a single player game but it's now eight people in there and you're just running around and fucking sliding and oh it's almost like having your own basically mini uh call of duty server except slower death because it takes more bullets to kill you but yeah i enjoyed it Hmm. Very nice. Vol 101 guy writes in. I'll just re-ask my question from last week because Carrick wasn't there. I just got done watching Defining Duke, and I really think Carrick should go off on why he loves Fallout 4 VR modded so much. I've never heard of anyone playing 1,400 hours of a VR title, kind of debating getting it. So? Oh, man. What if I pretend that I'm frozen in this position? He's in okay. place right now. Dude, Fallout 4. Okay. Okay, because he he didn't say if he'd played Fallout 4 before. Dude, Fallout 4 VR is awesome because you can find... It's hard to describe, but when you go into a building in a 2D pancake game, the screen never gets towards you. It never goes towards you. It's just like when you look at a rainstorm outside, if you look through your window, great. It might be beautiful. But when you can go outside into the rain, that shit's the snack. That is exactly what Fallout VR is. That game changed everything for me for vr and one of the reasons because the higher resolution headset that i bought at the time where so fallout is not the prettiest game but a lot of vr games have an issue with cloudiness and once you get the mods running in fallout vr and you go around what's that red comet red rocket uh gas station the first gas station yeah red rocket yep i can't describe it man it was i was listening and you can hear the vault boy only on your right you know through your right ear because it's connected to that hand And I was like walking, it was in the middle of the night and I see that light come up and it was one of those moments where a little like Dragon's Dogma when you see uh, Grand Soren or whatever, it's just everything sort of dark around you and you see it up there and you're like, oh shit, this could be dangerous. And you can fire, everything works. Like you can, the guns, all of it. In fact, I would say it improves the shooting a dramatic amount because Fallout 4 shooting isn't great. And so with this, it is. And dude, the first time you wind up the electric coil gun, in oh, VR, most, oh, yeah. sweet. You have that thing, and you're like, rah, rah, and it, it's got this sound that comes in just the one side, and it's like this. You hear that grinding, and the electricity starts. Fucking dude, hmm. it's so good. And yeah, I played. I think the first time, to- first time I got it hooked up, it was about 27 hours in a row Whoa. without going to Christ. <laughs> yeah, I, it was so bad that I was violently ill for a yeah. day or so after. Violently ill, and then played while I was violently ill, and continued to play. Um, it's better than Skyrim by a huge amount because mm. I think uh, it's guns. And I think Skyrim fails a little bit because of the melee. 
Oh yeah, we've talked about that on this show that you can just kind of like tickle someone with your sword. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Fuck them up. Dude, yeah. <laughs> when you go into that first mini mart and you're like looking around corners and also I I tighten up the difficulty because it's going to be a little easier, yeah. right? But you tighten up the difficulty, man, and you come in there and you can hear sounds above your head, below your head. You can hear like a cart roll across the floor. And what's so funny is if you see a cart roll across the floor on a 2D plane, you see it from your right eye, one edge, to the left eye, one edge. But when it's 3D, you can, I mean, you can like curl around, you can see the depth, and you can see this thing wheeling by. It is fucking, it is awesome, man. It is one of the cool, to have an explosion go off and have shit fly past your head the first time, it then you, and it, so if you already liked Fallout and then that happens, it's it's the shit. I have so many mods in that game. That and Skyrim with the full body mod where you and the dragon natural speaking where you can talk to everybody and you don't oh, have yeah. to use it and use it all. I'm telling you guys, man, VR is not perfect. But if you are okay and you already are a Bethesda fan, you are missing the fuck out if you are not doing Skyrim or Fallout 4. And in particular, I personally think Fallout 4 with the post-apocalyptic and slightly updated graphics is better. Very nice. I think you did. As you can tell, I just got excited and started rambling. Hell yeah. That's what we want. He also wrote in asking one more question. Are there any games that are most likely coming out this year that you are interested in? That is that I'm not trying to roast you. That may be one of the most easiest to answer questions we've ever received. Are you excited about anything? I think I need no answer. I think mine's very obvious. So, you know, what are you guys excited about? Elden Ring. It's coming out this year. You're putting it into so? the universe? I'm putting it in the universe. I believe. Yeah. I gotta I believe. believe. You know, it's like Prep of the Rapper. I gotta believe. That's the I'm, thing. I'm with gotta you. Believe. I think it's possible. I think it's very possible. It should happen, but tis just me thoughts. Not this year. I don't I don't I mean I'm interested in a bunch of stuff, but I don't have anything that's top exciting uh, like, yeah. yeah top on my game oh no there is the 2d the cyberpunk game that's not si- that wasn't called cyberpunk but it looked like pixels something night the last night the last that game night looks, that game looks great yeah. that game was sick so the yeah. last night very yeah. interested dude that guy i've that guy's cool the guy that he's really interesting the the creator tim sorit mm-hmm. sure. interesting he's a he's a good follow on twitter hmm Interesting guy, too, because he got, like, semi-attempted canceling. Maybe it was a successful cancel because he, like, supported or made, like, a pro-Gamergate tweet at one point that people dug up and it's a whole big mess. Really unfairly treated, in my opinion. Hmm. I would have no idea. Because I I, I forget, not because I want to, but I I forget about that game all the time because I remember seeing it at E3 and going, like, oh, shit, this looks amazing. And then nothing it just yeah nothing it just fell yeah. off the map still in development apparently good brucey 1989 writes in after the discussion on pokemon needing to change the core series the other week do you think they will despite the fact that sword and shield still sold over 20 million copies see the optimist i mean wants to say somewhat yes the reason i say that is because creatives you would imagine don't want us just bake in, in, in the same shit yeah, constantly. Right. Just that's the nature of, of creating and making something. You want to see how you can up it a little bit. Let's think a little bit. Depends how much they want to up it. 
Um, I, it's weird because Pokemon is the highest grossing license out there, straight up. Like it makes a shit ton of money. Number one, but they have a very small team working on Pokemon games. It's like uh, over a hundred people, and I don't know, man. But when you got thousands working on Assassin's Creed, but you got a hundred some odd people working on Pokemon, there. So you're saying know. they got a hundred people working on Pokemon and they're making that much money? Game Game Freak is small, man. Feel free to. I'll double check in the meantime. But yeah. They must be making, or they, those. Uh, hopefully, those people have uh, what's the term? Um, uh, income share, uh, you know, profit sharing. Yeah. Hmm. Hundred forty-three. That'd be the absolute shitter. If you knew the company was making that much money and you weren't, you didn't have profit sharing. I'd be so pissed. <laughs> Here's the thing about this: is that I've been hoping for a new and improved Pokemon for, Ever. or like a you know. A console, Pokemon, whatever you want to say, something different. I I can't even re I don't even know how long. I mean, like as soon as they hit the like, you know, towards the the DS and the 3DS, it's like hmm, it's kind of mm. getting stale, yeah, like really stale. You know, you you would I would forgive it for a while, for, you know, during the like uh, Pokemon. Let's see, what were the Game Boy Advance ones? Uh, sapphire emerald stuff like that hell yeah so it's it's at this point i've just like stopped hoping for that because it's just been the same for so long they they continue to make more money why would they why would they change right the formula when there's this much money being made it's like i can't even blame them like obviously it's a frustrating as I mean, I, I, I'm not at the point where I'd call myself a former Pokemon fan. It's not like I hate Pokemon now. I just don't care. I'm just apathetic. But again, who, I can't blame him. So an interview in 2019 says, this comes from Amori, who's one of the directors of the studio, says, so yeah, the number being close to 1,000, because they said close to 1,000 people worked on the game, includes all different functions like marketing and PR and everyone that would be associated with the game ahead of its release. But... I think at Game Freak, really the core team of people that worked on the game was around 200. So somewhere in that 150 to 200 range, which I'm sorry, that in my eyes, that's still not enough for the biggest IP on the planet. One of the best-selling ones. Um, it just doesn't seem right to me. Uh, but yeah, why would they change it? I don't know. I don't think they would. But I, I hope that they, as creators, are like, hey, we can make something really special like get get inspired talent in there which isn't going ah, another pokemon game but going like hey we should do like when we grew up dustin you know uh, what we d defined a lot of our childhood with you know a pokemon stadium getting that 3d battle experience um getting that uh you know for for a lot of people out there snap you know interacting with them i'll admit it you know that level of interaction was probably good for some yeah, people snap out there being the best of the pokemon games completely amongst all of them that's funny yeah that's funny. of course yeah. what a good joke you see how straight hey, my face went i was like huh, i I'm did laughing. <laughs> i did dude for some reason the only thing you can't joke about is pokemon you weirdo but with pokemon <laughs> what would you guys do if pokemon showed up looking ultra realistic like unreal mm, five i hate fucking, that look I hate like uh what's the term you know where you sometimes will see a cartoon character where somebody 3d models them to make them look scary you know, yeah, so what if what I don't I know thinking. any Pokemon names? I'm trying to come up with one. Shard or, or shit pants, shit Zard or whatever his name is. What's what? <laughs> what what's it called? Shit Zard? Charizard. Yeah. Charge Charizard. 
Charizard. What if that thing Charizard? What if that thing showed up and it looked like what you would expect, but then evil fangs? Would you play that? Like if it was like if it was like modern fucking or Uber, like super. I sort of think I sort of think that would work, man. Imagine like the play It'd scare the life you, out of kids. I mean, they yeah, did that well, with, the, that, with Detective Pikachu. They made like very realistic looking Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. in the movie, the movie or show, right? Huge. Yeah, yeah. Like some of them just looked a little too, a little like, too real. You know, Annie Valley. Yeah, that movie wasn't bad. I love that movie. Don't get me wrong, but I. Just, I begrudgingly saw it in the theater, and then I walked out. I'm like, you know what? That wasn't bad. It wasn't great. Well, for it me, bad. it was. I saw it. I liked it. Then I saw Sonic and went Pokemon or Detective Pikachu. That was actually a really good movie. Now, in comparison to that, oh sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I never saw Sonic. I kind of want to though, because so many people said it was fucking amazing. So I was like, all right, I give it a shot. I'm not really a big Sonic guy. Amazing. I'm not kidding. Dude, how Has many Sonic ever like done medium? anything amazing? Because that fucking that fucking movie got Sonic dragged, thing. of course, and rightfully so for how weird it looked in the in its first set of trailers. And they delayed it to redo everything. And people are going, "This is an amazing movie. It looks so good." I go, "I got 13, 14 bucks. I'll I'll go spend a couple hours at the theater." Look, like that shit was just terrible in my eyes. Like it was just a it was just a kids movie, which you know. You could say, oh, it should have been that. But, I mean, Detective Pikachu had some some good humor tossed in there for adults and children. So, and it was a good, res- it respected the nostalgia of people as well. So, I don't know. Just my two cents. HR Rhodes 1518 writes in, what do you like about the current video game industry in its state? What do you dislike? How do you think it should evolve? And how do you think it will evolve? Wow, a lot of open-ended questions. Today. Yeah, I know, right? What the hell's going on? It's like someone's going to ask me, "Do you like sleep next?" Here, I can make mine quick and snappy. Okay. Uh, what do I like about the gaming industry right now? I like the focus, the increased focus on performance, uh, especially in the console space. You know, we're seeing options as far as like performance fidelity modes. And a lot of them are turning out pretty good. And I like the fact that the games that aren't are being heavily scrutinized because I do believe that performance is such a huge factor. So my hope is that that continues and we see more options for all players, whether it be on PC or console, to be able to uh, play in the way that they like, whether that is, you know, some people enjoy 30 FPS with ray tracing. Some people want 60. Give them options. There's my quick answer. I think mine is Game Pass is what I like most right now. I think, uh, you know, the idea of just being able to get in and, you know, if you can only get a console, just being able to get in for cheap and have a whole library there. Um, You know, I have tons of friends, you know, don't have. I'm not even saying like I have a lot, but just like friends who don't have much money and Game Pass is just such a, you know, a boon to them. It's, it's gives them access to things they never would have been able to try or experience or experiment with. Uh, and a choice of not just, Hey, I'm going to play like one, two games for the next year, but a whole library of them. So for me, definitely Game Pass, just the, uh, the ability to game for that price and get a really good consistently updated library and games aren't just sticking there for a month, but you know a decent amount of time where you can play them while you're busy. Uh, I just really appreciate that being a thing that exists. That'd be my pick. 
might be ease of uh, entry into the industry from whether it be independence or whatever. Person can make a choose your own adventure game pretty quickly. They can make something with RPG Maker, and then you can go more and more. And we see now Falconeer, which was an exclusive for Xbox, was one guy. That's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Like th- to me, that's it's showing that you know uh, it's it's more about your time than it is like needing to absolutely use somebody else for something. Now it's like if you've got some time, you can do, you can make your own game. And Falconeer for all intents and purposes, if you said it was made by five or six people, I wouldn't bat an eye. So to me, that's very cool. Yeah, that's a good one. Something we dislike, I mean... I... Microtransactions. Yeah, I was going to say, pretty easy, right? Microtransactions. Hmm. Hmm. No, I no, think no. it's also companies uh, lying. Games like Hitman with online uh, only, or online for no reason. Like Hitman. Yeah, where kick yeah you it's kind of weird. you like, yeah. why? Yeah. Yeah. I don't like uh, Chinese money getting involved in fucking everything so they could corrupt things for sure yeah for me it's like the the i know some of them have to kind of put on a shit eating grin but the the comfortable lies that a lot of companies have made especially recently and the attempt of seeing how far they could go you know most recently would be xbox and cyberpunk uh just testing the waters can we get away with this this idea that um this this idea that there's never enough money is perplexing to me. And maybe it's because I don't bathe in like billions of dollars of cash monthly like these companies do. But um, I'm just not a fan of that because I think there's a way to not even think. I know there's a way you can make your money, keep everyone employed and just not be a fucking scumbag. But some of these companies will, will kind of reverse. They'll, they'll do nice things to, to, swoon you to make you make blind purchases but not just to earn you as a loyal customer and i don't know maybe i'm old-fashioned but to me i feel like there's a way to do it right and i feel like lately i've been seeing too much of the kind of tongue-in-cheek nature of the industry not a fan of it let's see who's next mac the knife number one you get to create your own dream rpg are you going to do it with old school pixels like chrono trigger but with a fresh take such as Octopath Traveler, or are you going to do full 3D? And if so, first or third person? Number two, what's the elevator pitch of this RPG? Does it center around new mechanics? Or is there a story concept you have in mind that would make for a stellar game? I'd love to hear your pitch. I will be opting out of this because I have a really good idea for a game and I actually don't want to put it out there because I'm determined to make it happen one day and when it does happen, I want people to be surprised. But I'm going to opt out. I'm going to opt out as well just because that's too big of a question to not think about before you answer. You know what I mean? Oh, like no, we're not even in the same game. We're not in the same thing anymore. Yeah. I don't know. I mean um, hmm. I was so confused for a sec. Did Carrick freeze for you? Like I can hear him. I think Carrick's frozen right now for me. Yeah, I heard his voice and I was like, is he does he think he's disconnected? I was so confused for a sec. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you guys can't uh, if you guys can't answer, we can just move on. But for me, I have an answer, but it it took a month of like... writing and thoughts. Oh, there he is. Hello? Can you hear me, guys? Yeah, we Thumbs can up. hear you, but you're frozen. Okay, I can't hear you. Give me one second. My okay. my PC froze completely. Give me one. Okay. Second. Oh shit. Let's we'll move on to the next one in the meantime. Cool. Know it all writes in. If you could max out one and only one special stat in your real life, what would it be? Mm-hmm. All their stats would be fairly low, but just enough to function somewhat. So strength, perception, endurance, charisma, intelligence, agility, and luck. 
Dustin, what are you maxing out? Because mm. you know each of these, you could think of five different things you could do. Max out strength. You're you're buff daddy, man. Like, I feel like if you max out your luck stat, I feel like that could be really useful. Because then mm. if you just like if you maxed out your luck and then like played the lottery every day or something, mm-hmm. you know, or like any like it just feels like if you max out luck, then all of your opportunities have a better chance of going good. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Yeah. Because, right, you, you always want something in your favor. You know, you, you have control, but if your luck is high, then there may be that, that, that boon there. I'm using boon a lot lately, but there's that bonus that may come just, into effect or things may work in your favor even more so. It, yeah, and it could even just be like, oh, I'm going to release this video. I hope that I get lucky and it gets a million views. And if you're maxed out luck stat, then maybe there's a good chance of that happening. You know? Yeah. It's definitely worth uh, thinking about. I'm, I, I see. I always want to do charisma. You know, oh, just to, that's, that's, I thought of that too. That just was to, a, uh, I, yeah, I, I don't like to make enemies. That's one thing I've always been about. I, 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 you know, I'm always about self-improvement, about being a good person and uh, always, you know, if there's a disagreement or a misunderstanding, I want to talk. I don't want to fight or battle. Uh, maybe that's a little too pacifist for some people. Um, but fret not, I've taken martial arts. So if push comes to shove, my strength stat is maxed out. But seriously, I, uh, I feel like with charisma, you know, you stand like, let's think about job interview, right? You're sitting down. What's going to get you the job? Max luck or max charisma? Hmm. Because it's not, that's the only facet of life, but right. You you were talking about things that you're going to go to a date, maybe high charisma or high luck do you luck into the date like you're punching above your weight or did you get the date you wanted because you you were a good guy you approached her asked her out smooth talker the reality of both of these stats will ultimately ring hollow because like if you have max charisma you may be able to get a job but you're still a fucking idiot and so you're gonna (laughs) screw up if your intelligence stat is zero so you're gonna lose that job but the charisma will get you another job like job hopping and the yeah, same you'll job thing, hop once a year probably the same thing would happen for luck so yeah because he said just enough to function maybe right. you just do agility and you just become a professional athlete who, who's an idiot and that's it right oh so okay. you can just get by with talent on the field true i might go with that mm. just because that might be the best way to navigate life could be all right let's keep rolling on by the way, for those who heard the Discord disconnection, Carrick uh, had a hard crash on his PC, so we will hopefully reconnect with him by the end of the show. We will see, though. Uh, Red Eyes White Wolf writes in, It baffles me how in this day and age we still haven't seen a sequel to The Incredible Hulk Ultimate Destruction. I know Prototype was sort of a spiritual successor, but we need more Hulk. Is this really baffling? Yeah, it's not baffling i don't know i didn't have a strong adoration for hulk personally. i've never even heard of this game to be 100 percent. oh you would i think you would like it it's kind Let of me a, look it up. it's a open world hulk game kind of a art style that's based off the comics and you can do some crazy shit you can break tanks and and throw them around as weapons and jump off buildings and it it's wild man there's it seems uh, well reviewed okay maybe i maybe i spoke too soon 
Yeah, but this. here's the thing. I am a believer that prototype is better. I think it kind of evolves that a lot oh. more because you have parkour. I think Alex Mercer is so edgy that he's interesting. And I, uh, I, I liked all the powers that you got and how brutal the game was. I also liked how unnecessarily stupidly complex the game was in its uh, you would do you did you ever play prototype? No. Oh, you would you will absorb these these targets of interest and you'll see their memories real quick. None of it will make fucking sense. None of it will make sense. And there's like hundreds of them and they all piece together this story. Uh, but still to me, I, I like it way more just from a gameplay standpoint. I think it's a good evolution. So they've done two prototype games, but uh, nothing since. But yeah, Hulk. I would like a little more Hulk, um, especially nowadays. A fully, dis- I'm surprised we haven't seen. Unless I'm not thinking of one, we haven't seen like an open world that's been just fully destructible. Crackdown Mars remastered, remastered. Yeah, terrible game. I remember Sorry, my PC crashed. No, you're good. I explained to the audience. Uh, yeah, for me, when I was younger, it's funny you bring up both the, both these games have come up. When I was when I was younger, those are two games I was I was I remember being very excited for Prototype One and uh and red faction gorilla you know just there was something about it especially red faction there is a there is still to this day a good satisfaction of laying down those charges and hitting the right mm-hmm. pillar just watching the building go down i mean mm, mm. that is that is something that you don't see a lot nowadays a game just Jambalaya. based around destruction but yeah I, I i think around that it's it's hard to imagine it it has aged well on chem talk right in so we've seen that Mass Effect is getting its remaster trilogy. Do you expect a Dragon Age remaster trilogy to pop up before Dragon Age 4? No. No. No, huh? Interesting. I feel it's possible. I don't think there's enough time though for them to for them to do that personally. Cuz the thing with Mass Effect is the next Mass Effect entry is too far away where there's not going to be something right on top of it. This this Legendary Edition will have time to breathe and sell and grow. Whereas Dragon Age 4, I don't think it'll happen next year, but it could come as early as next year. There's a good chance that happens. Um, so I think it would be a 2023 game, but point being is you're really going to be jamming these in. And they've already confirmed that it's been since 2019 they've worked on uh, Mass Effect Legendary Edition. It's about a year and a half. Uh, so... I, I got to say that I think the, for the time needed for Dragon Age, which they could just repackage it all together, up as it call it a day, that probably would take less time. Because Origins, I don't think needs as much updating. I could be wrong. I don't think it needs as much updating. Um, but yeah, it uh, it's something that would be cool, and I think they'll eventually do it, just not now or immediately after. I would love to see it though. This one looks like a novel here, so get ready. Uh, I can't even read his full name. Let's see here. Introducing, introducing my shelf. Eight six nine writes in. Hey, Maddie and friends. Okay, so this might be another short novel here, but sometimes that's just how it is. That's totally fine, by the way. I don't care. Uh, I had an idea I thought would be cool and want to see what you think. Uh, what you think of it? See, the only thing is when you when you all write them novels, this is what happens. I will stutter and, and stammer over. It doesn't sentences. seem like a podcast question, though. Is it? It's like a Patreon. Go ahead. Just read it. Sorry. Yeah, I didn't read ahead. Um, okay. I had an idea I thought would be cool and want to see what you think of it. I know your schedule is more busy than ever, so I don't know if this would be adding too much, but I think it'd be awesome. So if you had a P3 
patron game session every so often. Uh, you know, something like once a week or once a month or something. I know we've had Smash tournaments before, but I mean like a routine that I that we can look forward to. I know you've enjoyed Smite and Sea of Thieves, and those are great games to play with friends. And now Smite is cross-platform. Also, I played a bit more of P5 Royal. He tapped into our uh, last episode of Extra Slice of Ham, and it just keeps getting more interesting. I got through the castle, and one thing I want to say is I've been getting so lost while doing my daily life stuff. I just found a... Uh, just finding the staff office on my first day was way harder than it should have been. By the way, that's totally normal because there's no sense of direction in the way Japanese schools are laid out compared to America, which I'm just assuming you're from there, um, are completely different. Anyway... I'll keep sharing my excitement with you as I continue playing. Thanks for the great content. Keep it up. Yeah, so uh, what's happened with the patron gaming sessions is, is is what would happen is I would schedule it on a day and time, and then no one would show up because either only a couple people could do it and we wouldn't have enough to do a game, or it wouldn't be... Uh, it, just no one's schedules would sync up. So I ended up just canning it in general, and it's something I'm always open to where I can just like tab in. Um, it's something I wanted to do more, but it's just hard to get everyone in sync on the same consoles on the same game at the same time across multiple time zones. It does happen. And lately I know our server has been getting together to play a lot of different games lately. They just hop into a call and they've been playing together and it's something I want to join in. I, th- I want to say they were playing ESO. Uh, so that's something we've also played together on the, on the Patreon before, but you are correct. I've definitely gotten more busy, but I'm not so busy that I can't play games with all of you out there. So definitely something I will personally look into and see how we can organize that more. Uh, It's just really a matter of timing and getting enough people on the same game and having them all buy that same game with game pass. That may be a little easier. All right. Big bad wolf hish writes in, Hey Maddie, hope you Dustin and Carrick are having a good year so far. So, Recently, I rewatched the entire Attack on Titan series since the final season released. Most of the time, I feel like returning to old things isn't worth it because this something, but with this, something else happened. I teared up and had almost the same raw emotions I had when I first watched the series to the point where I appreciated so much more than I already did. It got me thinking what games would have the same effect on me that I should return to. I was wondering if any of you had similar experiences and wouldn't mind sharing like any series or game. Thanks as always. So have you ever had something you've returned to and it's just like the first time? Yeah, I think the key is not in games. Well, Hmm. I was I would just say that it depends on the time frame. Like for me, it's like giving it enough time that I can forget most of the the moment to moment action. Like eventually Hmm. I'm going to rewatch the show Lost and it's going to (laughs) be awesome. Actually, I'm probably ready to do that now. We started two weeks ago. Really having a good time, dude. Okay, awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, like watching Lost for the first time, incredible experience that I had uh, before Holly and I got married, I think. Um, So it was like a cool experience for us when we were dating. And so now it's like we've been we've thought about this for years, like when we're going to do the Lost rewatch. And so I think (laughs) it'll be I would think just as emotional because I can barely even remember it at this point. That's just how I am, though, is that like. Even things that are really near and dear to me, I just, when it comes to movies, TV, video games, is I eventually just forget what yeah, happens. if you spend, like, say, a decade of, away from something. Like, for me, I haven't played Mass Effect 1 since, I want to say, 2013. So a lot of the ins and outs and in-betweens, they're kind of lost. I remember significant moments of that game and specific gameplay moments that maybe are irrelevant, but I can tell you why I like it. But, yeah, it's I think it's totally normal to just kind of forget over time because there's right. your day-to-day priorities and 
you've grown so much as a man, Dustin. So, oh, of course, things are more important than lost. But um, something that I would play that would have that same spark for, I mean, I guess, eh, God, to 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 the uh, to the shock of many, I'd probably have to pick Kotor just because I don't know. I what happens is whenever I play it, I do have that moment each time where I go, oh, this is in here, right? Uh, like usually dialogue is where that happens. You go just like, damn, I didn't know that was in this game too. Um, my most distinct moment of that was KOTOR 2. I was doing a replay of that and uh, it was on Nar Shaddaa. There's this homeless guy. I've told this story a bunch of times. There's a homeless guy that you can have like six different choices what to do with him. And one of them is just you use a speech check to to convince him that he's 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 lost and he should kill himself. And the game lets you do that. And I went, wow. Holy shit. Yeah, I'm like, wow. They really – I didn't know this was here. And it, it just gives you negative uh, – dark or gives you dark side points. And I thought, huh, well, uh, that's there. I had no idea about that. And it just kind of – you just – you find that – have that new discovery each time. Uh, kind of same thing with Skyrim. Um, but I don't know. I, I, don't, I can't think of like a story – like I don't know if I went back to Persona Five Royals third semester if I would have the same shock and awe. It would be more analytical, going, "Wow, they actually did this, this, that." Probably, you know, it's it's its own beast. So I don't know if I would have that personally. All right, let's see what we got here. We got three more. Number one comes from Natural Calamity. What do you hope to see from the Double O Seven game? Personally, I want to see a Nemesis type system with many different enemies climbing up the ranks, taking out targets. So every time it is a different story, adding the same element of change, like with Hitman. I don't think you're getting that because I'm pretty sure Warner Bros. just fucking trademarked the Nemesis system. Didn't they? They, like, put a, a patent. That's what it was. No, they had, uh, they had patented it back then in the first one. We, we People just found it. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. And that's why we've had the nemesis system in racing games. There's been a couple. They just have to call it something different. There has to be some adjustments. But what games did so have you can do I don't... A Grid or the newest racing game from uh, Codemasters, actually. Uh, Dirt uh, 5, I, I think. No, the other one. Um, I reviewed it, too. Um, not Grid. Was it Grid? Maybe it was Grid 2. Oh. Um, but anyway, it had what's called like the arch enemy system. And all it really was was a cheat for them to smash the fuck India and not get in trouble. It really didn't work well, but uh, there's been that. And then the uh, Codemasters also has the indie game, the um, 2000, uh, the indie racing, Indianapolis 500. And that one also has enemy teams and the teams will become your enemy as you continue to race against them. So it's not that you can't, it's just, you can't call it nemesis. And I would assume some of the graphical presentations and the way certain things are done. Most companies will work around it, but. Interesting. That would be cool. Yeah, I, I, that's that totally explains why when when Shadow of Mordor came out, everyone thought, "Oh, Nemesis is the next big thing that's going to be in everything, gonna right?" Yeah, and yeah. it never was. Now it makes. Right. I, I always wondered why. And now it makes sense. I thought they just had a technical masterpiece that no one could replicate. But I think companies just out. don't want to worry about possibly getting in trouble. So mm-hmm. unless they're like Codemasters, who's like, "Listen, this is a racing game. It's no not going to." Yeah, exactly. Why bother? Because Batman would have really benefited. Oh, Imagine God. Batman, where you're playing Batman against a street thug, right? And you knock him down, and he becomes a you know a named mini boss, you know, Little Freeze instead of Mister Freeze, whatever. You know what I mean? But yeah, right. you could that would be incredible to be making, you know, because of the battles being, you know, generally making your own bad guys, and it hasn't been done. And I would assume some of it is that. Yeah, dude. 
Uh, not that with, game because with 007 though, I don't know what to expect of 007. You know, I I love the creativity and the openness of Hitman Three, and just the Hitman series in general. Because now I'm going back to one and two's maps. Um, but I imagine 007 would demand something different. So I guess more gadgets, you know, more tools to instead of like the levels having being the tools themselves, having them be more interactive. So then you could use different gadgets that 007 is going to infiltrate an area with. So more kind of gameplay freedom in that way. That's probably the best answer I've got because otherwise um, I don't know if they want it to be stealthy uh, or, or they want it to be, you know, guns blazing at times. Like how, how much do they want to make it something along those lines? Like, I don't even know what they'd actually be going for. For me, I think that I hope that they just, and I don't think this would be the case, but I hope that they make it not super serious, like more like older James Bond than um, hmm. the Daniel Craig James Bond. Yeah, I would absolutely. Otherwise, it's just going to feel like a shooter if it's a Daniel Craig one. Right. Because like that's the, someone, I, I said something like this on Sacred Symbols and someone was like, James Bond, the, the action comedy, like making fun of the fact that I said that the the movies are funny. I'm like, dude, it is funny. Like James Bond, like blows something up and then like adjusts his tie. You know what I mean? Like he it's, tells everybody he's a spy. He's the yeah. world's worst spy. He's like, I'm James Bond. So yeah, no, I agree with you. Imagine back in the day with like, uh, I was a Roger Moore fan. I don't know if you mean all the way back then, but remember the names too, like Octopussy. And like slightly ridiculous, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. That's a, the name of one of the of one of the movies is Octopussy. Like, imagine like having slightly, you know, a little bit more sexual, a little bit more goofy, a little bit more like that kind of stuff. I'd 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 be all for that. I think that'd be awesome. Shooting's got to be fixed though. There's a clip from that movie where he's dressed as a clown. James Roger Bond. Moore, yeah. yeah, yeah. So like the movies. Uh, it's clear he kills that a guy is a with a sliding matchup. door, Dustin. He kills a guy yes. with a a, 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 a a you know like a store door. Somehow hacks it and it kills him. Yeah, right. So <laughs> yeah, so, make so cool. don't take it too seriously. Take yeah. the funny parts of Hitman because, as I've said before, I really think that Hitman is like a low key comedy game. Oh, yeah, for sure, low key. Yeah. Like it's uh, yeah. they I literally mean, give you, you a clown laugh? outfit. Yeah, and he jokes around about it as well. I mean, I escaped as a baboon one time in one level. You escape flying on the back of a dude. His dialogue when when he hands when he when I handed a woman a poison drink, he's like, "It's to die for," and I'm like, "Oh, (laughs) oh, dude, yeah, it's so cheesy." All the escapes, by the way, are goofy. A lot of the escapes. There's one where you get on one or two where you like uh, ride a dolphin. You leave on a dolphin. So in the Florida (laughs) level. There's one particular where a place where if you leave near the water, you fucking hitman rides off on a dolphin. Like that to me is like yeah. obvious that, that they're cool with that. Dude, there was a challenge in that level where you hit a guy with a fish into the water and, and you yeah. complete the challenge. I was just like, dude, yeah, they got a sense of humor, so I think they'll be fine. It's about how they approach it. I don't know if they're gonna take Agreed. the hitman template and just put it on 007. I wouldn't mind that, but I know people would want more. Um because I, I just like that system. They got replayability, challenges baked in. That stuff's awesome to me. Dude. So, Carrick, have you seen Live and Let Die? Oh, dude, yeah. yeah. I've never seen it, but I'm watching this clip now to. where, like, this guy literally explodes. <laughs> like, he gets, like, something in his stomach, and then he, like, flies out of the pool. It, I'm telling you, man. <laughs> 
those older ones, those older ones are like No One Lives Forever. Did you guys ever do that shooter, the Nolf series? The, no. um With Kate Archer, what some of the best shooters ever made, No One Lives Forever 1 and 2, and it was a female Bond. And um, they are incredible shooters made by Monolith. And it was very jokey, like her lipstick bomb, you know, instead, like, so she put on lipstick, and then you could, like, put it on the side of a building, it would blow, you know, like, all these kind of gadgets. That kind of stuff. And unfortunately, No One Lives Forever is in IP hell, beyond IP hell. I believe the last time I checked, 16 different people own it. So it it just mm. won't be made. But the idea that a Bond could come and do the Roger Moore or um, Sean, Sean Connery is a tiny bit more serious, but Roger Moore, Dalton, Brosnan's fine, you know. Dude, I got to Not... watch this. This clip's amazing. I keep watching it over and over. This guy ascending and exploding is just like i want to do that in this hitman game i want to shoot like put like what, what is okay i'm trying to read the description here but forces him to swallow a compressed gas pellet at which point he bloats up like a balloon flies into the air and bursts and explodes just like the balloon does dude it's yeah all it's of those amazing, are crazy dude. like that it's, it's awesome that's, that's why for this game then yeah, mine too. I, I and the the and the the shooting would be fixed. Those would be my two hopes because I do yeah. believe Hitman shooting is um wow at times. Yeah, pretty bad. The, the, there's a specific challenge you need to do with the sniper oh. in the in the China mission, and just yeah, it doesn't feel great. Dustin, so. do you watch the Bonds? Do you own them? Do you watch? I want to. I I this, what I um I've said this before, but like I have like a passive interest in Bond that's like inside me to just like you know someone to be like all right it's time dive in and i think it's the, now's the time where i yeah. really need to go and like really immerse myself i've seen some of them um yeah. but n- but not like an extensive amount so they're all better than the i like the craig ones because they're but those are like born bond almost yeah they Ooh, are I didn't yeah. Bond, right they're good, which they're is good movies fine. though i like them right which is fine but if you're okay with cheese man some of the old bonds are crack me up like they'll give them an item that only works technically in the one experience he'll ever have. It's almost like a D&D game where they give you like a weapon it's and they're all, item. it's impervious to, yeah, ice or whatever. And you're like, well, obviously we're going to run into a character that, you know, spits ice. Like yeah. that is exactly what will happen. There's one time where he gets a, a fucking amazing ring that does a ultrasonic sound that can break glass. And no lie, the entire movie goes by. And then there's one floor made of glass for no reason. He like puts his hand on it. It's like, and it shatters and they play the bond music like it's something he thought of at the top of his head and you're just like dude he didn't think at all it was they fucking they can read the future like that's why i like him you know and i think this uh i think a little bit of humor would do well definitely i just i'm sorry guys (laughs) there's watch the deaths of bond or the deaths in bond there's a youtube video where it's like 10 hours of just people dying my way. mind is being blown right now. I just watched a clip from For Your Eyes Only where they have a helicopter and they pick up this dude on a wheelchair with yep, the landing and they, gear and it, then they flick him into like, they flick him into like, a big chimney. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, that's where no that's him. where uh that's where what's his name comes from, Doctor Evil is that movie. Doctor <laughs> yeah. Evil from Austin Powers comes from that movie. Yeah. Really? Oh my by god. The way, this- for your eyes only, probably the best Bond movie of all time because of that kind of stuff. It is, it's, it is, it's got motorbikes go with I like haven't... nails hammered through their tires so they can ride in the snow. 
There's just all kinds of crazy shit. It is, and it's a full on movie like what you would play Call of Duty. And that's one of the things I don't know if you guys know this. When the Call of Duties were originally created, once they got past Call of Duty with the World War II entry, and they were like, we want to make other Call of Duties. Bond and the weird shit that happened in the cutscenes, that was almost all inspired by Bond. They were mm. Bond fans and they were like, how do we make, you know, and Navy SEAL fans as well, but they were like, how do we make it, you know, a little over the top? That's why sometimes in those, you will get weird ways in which a character dies or something goofy like that. So, yeah, I gotta I go back and watch those. I haven't watched them since I was much younger because I used to be a Bond fanatic, man. Like, I used to grind For, the So, yours would have been Bro- Brosnan. I want Pierce to Brosnan? Say, yeah, because I, when I got into it, just time frame wise, this will help you probably. I was, uh, it was when Nightfire was coming yeah. out. So that would sound about right. But yeah, dude, I, oh my God, just me and my friends used to be obsessed. <laughs> Manny, I attached that clip for you to watch after the show. You have to watch I it. I definitely will. So it's dumb. Because he's got I the cat with it. him. And if you listen to the audio, he's like, Mr. Bond. <laughs> it's just <laughs> so, it's so dumb. Yeah, I was listen. I didn't even hear it because I was, you know, listening to you guys. Oh yeah, and I was just like, I was so you know, every once in a while, like for the most part, comments at this point do not bother me. They fuel me. That's why I always tell people. But like when someone was like Bond and action comedy, I'm like, yeah, it is. And so like seeing that clip just confirmed the fact. Yeah, yeah. All you have to do is show that one clip, and that's it. It's over. Argument one. Right. Uh, Second question from Natural Calamity. What would you like to see from Indiana Jones game? An idea I had is basically you are Indiana chasing after the artifacts that will in turn continue this possible story, but also act as collectibles. Example, you have a large map. Hey, Indiana, I got a lead on an artifact in this Lost Mayan Temple. I think you should check it out where there will be multiple artifacts to chase after at one point, giving the player agency and really making them feel like an artifact hunter. Uh, Well, here's the, I'm pretty confident it's going to be set in Rome just based off the teaser trailer. So I don't know if that, I don't know where you could go with that. I don't know if it's going to be like a collectible because I get your idea, like just treasure hunting, artifact hunting. Uh, I don't know if they're going to, I don't expect them to take that route just based off. If we're going to look at say Wolfenstein and see how machine games makes their titles, they kind of have a pretty straightforward go get them approach. And then there are collectibles on the sides and they have a couple of times where there's options like in two, they try to introduce, um, like the stilts or the you could you could get under objects or over objects depending on what kind of uh body armor you were wearing and and what leg upgrade you selected i think one was there were stilts there was what were they maybe these were all just different body upgrades you could pick in total i don't think there was just leg upgrades and body upgrades but um it's really about the how you get from point a to point b so i feel like it's going to be and it, I could be wrong. I just I feel like it could just be based off Wolfenstein, more linear with more options on how you do things. But um, what I would like to see personally is just just remake Emperor's Tomb. It's a great game. Fucking I just awesome hope game. that you know when I'm playing Indiana Jones, I really feel like Indiana Jones. You know, have all the exaggerated swagger of a middle aged white guy. Yeah, right. <laughs> what is that from? <laughs> That's the. Not, I, what is the, that uh, meme from? So in the GameSpot review of Miles Morales, the guy who uh, the reviewer, which he you know he is he is black, he said that Miles Morales had the, all the exaggerated swagger of a black teen, and everyone thought that oh. that line was just quite silly and funny. Why is that brand new? Because um, I've never seen that meme until to, uh, yesterday. 
when I really? did a review. Oh. Yeah, yesterday, it's all over my channel, and then it was on a tweet today. And it was like the exaggerated, the exaggerated. I'm just like, I have no clue what. Oh, you know why? Because they just announced Miles Morales sales, didn't they? Did they? Oh. I think they just announced how well. Yeah, yeah 4.1. Yeah, that's why. Because I was so confused what that uh, what that comment was from. Yeah, it's I don't know. I, I honestly don't think it's that. I think the meme that it's become is funny. I don't know. I mean, yeah, right, right. Whatever. Well, yeah, because this wasn't even that. It was like somebody said something in my review. It, like the exaggerated swagger of a teen werewolf for the werewolf review. Like it was obviously oh, yeah. just adding words to, to whatever. Yeah. What do we got, Maddie? I got to, I got to roll up here in the next like 10, 15. One more question. Five. Okay. One more question. It's not even a question that would, per- well, it would maybe pertain to Carrick a little bit. Uh, oh no, I want to wrap it up. I'm just, I got 15 before I got to go. Yep. I got you. Introducing my, my shelf writes in again. Uh, I hope this makes it in before you're done recording. Another Persona question. Do you play with English or Japanese audio? I've been doing Japanese audio since I just feel it was meant to be played this way. Just curious what you pick. Whatever you prefer. I go with English because the English voice acting is good. Um, I, I don't know. I I don't know anything about the the Japanese voice cast because they get pretty top talent for Persona since like three, really. They've they've had like really great talent in that in that series. So I just go with English, you know, unless you focus on what's what you hear and you can look at other details rather than reading uh, the, the translations and all that stuff. But that's just me personally. Dustin, right. as, a, I, as a persona vet English. I am when it comes to persona, I use the, the dubs, you know, the English version. Mm. But when it comes to anime, I'm all subs all the time. So I don't know. I can't really explain it. Something about Persona, I think it's like you said, Maddie, is that it's just like not having to have that little bit of a barrier with reading kind of helps you connect more to it. Mm -hmm. Since there's so many other things going on, I feel like it's easier with an anime since it's just like consuming and not interacting, you know? Yeah. So That's a good point. um, But yeah, they do a fantastic job with, with Persona dubs specifically. Other games, I would maybe consider doing the japanese instead i'm specifically this is such a weird one i really want to when i play breath of the wild again i'm going to play it in japanese and it's going to be like a studio ghibli movie or something interesting you already know my answer man no 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 uh no subs ever i respect dubs always dubs i respect the dedication to the dubs it's terrible sometimes but I can't understand Japanese, so it's better than what I, not being able to understand it. And I don't, yeah. I just don't want to have to look down. I have a pretty big. I think another thing people don't re, like realize depends on your the size of your uh, display. So if you're close to the display and you have subtitles and you're doing this, that can actually be sort of a, a brain killer. And I, yeah, I am actually, yeah, I am actually pretty close to my display when I play games. So for the most part, I would rather hear it, even if it is bad. Rock on. All right. Well, that's all the questions we've got. That'll wrap up episode 288. So we appreciate those of you who have got this deep. If you did, uh, you can leave uh, mm, hashtag, hashtag dub. Yeah. Hashtag dubs. Or right, ha- right. dub versus sub. That's exactly what I, I but I was mm. trying to think it would versus fit. Of course it would. Yeah. Yeah. Dubs <laughs> versus sub. Perfect. All right. Let's so if you got this far, let us know. On Twitter, our handles are at G27Status, at DustinCanFly, and at Jeremy Penter. Go ahead, tag us. Let us know what you think. 
or put it in the comments, whatever works best for you. And we wish you a great rest of your week. And we will catch you all next Friday if you're a patron or next Sunday if you're listening on free feeds. All right. Take care. And we'll talk with you soon. See you later. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.